to another episode of Movies on the Rocks. It is us, the Murder Boys. Murder, 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 murder. Anyways, so yeah, so today we will be discussing the. Did it just end? Derek. And I'm back. I'm sorry. What happened? Uh, dogs, people, everything. No one oh, dude, that's, we didn't even hear that shit, dude. All right, so let's, all right, let's start from the beginning, okay, guys? We'll all right, sorry about that. That's just like, what happened? Oh, my God, we lost them already. He just all walked right, away, on. man. Well, you could have kept on going. would have come I back. I know. Man. I didn't know what was happening. Stop. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. All right, mute. Hello, welcome to the episode of Movies on the Rocks. It is us, the Murder Boys. Money, motor, money, motor, money, motor, but no money. Absolutely none. Anyways, as always, uh, it is us, your uh, your uh, your intrepid uh, travelers <laughs> through this pop culture. This is be a great episode. <laughs> anyway, so it is I, of course, uh, uh, Bebo, also known as Tomas, and then of course my brother Goody. Hello, hello, and of course, as always, our uh, third wheel, Derek. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. I guess. Wow, what are- <laughs> <laughs> more importantly what's going on between you two <laughs> anyways it's not cool my friend <laughs> but anyways all right so um uh as always uh we are movies on the rocks um we every episode we talk about a, uh, a movie uh in alphabetical order regardless of genre um uh, this week of course we will be and of course we do that while we are of course drinking uh i myself have a, a hearty Turvis full of uh, of liquid refreshment. Um, and so we will be discussing, um, as we advised in the previous episode, we will be talking about the uh, seminal uh, sci-fi classic trilogy finisher known as Return of the Jedi. And um, this was, of course, chosen by our, our good friend, of, like I said, uh, Derek Bedez. And uh, with with all that, I mean, Goody, why don't you go ahead and give us the uh, the disclaimer, as always. Well, everyone, as always, uh, uh, the, here comes the disclaimer. Um, as you understand from the title of the podcast, Moves on the Rocks, so uh, as pretty much just, well, not even implied, we're telling you, um, there's going to be the consumption of alcohol going on. And so if that's something that you're interested in doing, we'll be drinking, drinking while we discuss and while we talk. And if you're interested in doing that with us, please uh, join us in this journey of imbibing and drinking. Um, but as always, please do so in accordance with all the rules, uh, regulations, codes, laws of your respective territories. As always, if you're old enough to join us, then please, we encourage you to do so. Uh, but if you're not, then don't and just... Um, Enjoy the madcap mayhem that's going to ensue because of uh, getting uh, some of the sauce and getting spicy. Speaking of which, spicy. Hey, um, if you can't drink, uh, you know, you're basically our designated driver. So just hang yes. out. Yes. We, we, we want you here. So you're still, you're you're still important. You're important. You're important. You're a lifesaver. You're like a superhero. Not all heroes wear capes. But anyway. <laughs> um also, as such, because of the fact that there will be some consumption of alcohol going on, and sometimes the language itself might get spicy, the humor might get racy. And so, spicy. right, um, that doesn't always never fails to derail my thought. Um, <laughs> oh, and so as we don't such, mean um, to be offensive. Yeah, we, we don't are. mean to be offensive. If we offend you, uh, just keep in mind everything is all in good fun and having a good time. And so it was never our intention to offend you. And so uh, 
uh, you know, if, if you are offended, um, please do so that know that we didn't, it was our intention and that, uh, we hope you continue to enjoy the show. And, uh, there and it is. By, and by we, Goody and Derek actually mean me. Yeah. No, it's pretty much you, basically. <laughs> it's, because it's pretty much me that has. It's, it's, absolutely it's on your no behalf. Focus. Yes. Yes. And it's basically so that way, just so you understand, there, you know, there have been phrases that have been spoken in the past, and I uh, don't regret it one bit. But I want to make sure everyone's aware that we are talking, we are having fun. So we're just, you know, here to enjoy ourselves, here for you guys to listen to us, enjoy ourselves, and for you to enjoy yourself as well with the conversation. Um, uh, so to get off, to start off on on a good note, let's talk about what we are going to be drinking tonight. Goody, why don't you go ahead and let us know first? Well, tonight uh, I actually have um, copied you a little bit and got my own. This time, Tervis. Um, oh, I you got Tervis. Yeah. Well, this is a, a Tervis I've had for like since the summer. Uh, I have a Mandalorian Tervis where it's a Mandalorian uh, with like the child or Grogu as he's properly named. Um, and Although what's in there? Always, spoilers. Spoilers. Always baby Okay. Yeah. <laughs> spoilers. spoilers. Well, you know, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a few months actually. So. <laughs> So there you go. Good job. Anyway, what I have on this service, it's um, it's just a rum and coke mix. Um, it's Coke Zero mixed with some of the Chairman's Reserve rum, which I believe, one. yeah, it's nice. But actually, when I was in my journey to find um, a sipping rum, I did a just a quick Google search of like you know uh, sipping rums, and I was on a list of top ten sipping rums. Um, I think I believe it's from Saint Lucia. Mm. Um. I don't think it's great for sipping. It doesn't. It's not for my tastes. So it's really great for mixing. But I, I mean, I tried it sipping on the rocks a few times, and it just it's not for me uh, as a sipping rum. It's a tasting. It's but a tasting. Um, but definitely as a mixer, it's got definitely nice flavor. So that's what I got tonight. Probably is it like super sweet with the mixer? Um, it's fairly sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and usually that's the case when, when with some of them that are considered sipping rums. With my uh, air quotes, as you can see, what well, since you're listening in, you can see my air quotes. Uh, with the <laughs> yeah, you can see his air quotes. <laughs> totally, nice totally, work. you can see my air quotes. Nice yeah, work, usually, man. usually with the with those uh, sipping rums, um, they, uh, they 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 come off a little bit sweeter, just like with El Dorado, which is a good sipping rum. But if you mix it in with some Coke, oh man, it's amazing. It's so good. Well, if you're talking about sipping rums, one I actually really like is um, it's the Ron Diplomatico. Exclusivo. That's it's in that uh, opaque kind of like black bottle. Mm-hmm. I, that actually is an excellent sipping rum. Like literally, you, pour it on the rocks, goes down so smooth, dangerously smooth. That's all I have to say. You haven't, you haven't, you haven't tried the Sacapa one, guys, have you? Sacapa twenty three. You guys no, need driving. to try that. Well, that's probably an expensive bottle, isn't it? No, it's like fifty bucks. Okay, well, the Ron Exclusivo one is like not even forty dollars, and it's yeah. like it's like choice i think choice choice but anyway yes i just confirmed it uh it is a rum from st lucia anyway nice good job all right derek what about you brother what are you drinking tonight man i was a little bit torn because not only was i tired of it but i did not want to bring a corona to this call for like the fifth call in a row so you so you brought a smirnoff ice uh, no, no, no. Um, I decided to go Zima, even more basic than Zima. Okay. Zima, Zima, Zima. It's, okay, Zima. first off, are these things really called Tervises? I've always just thought of it as like a, a, a thermos. I mean, yeah, I know well, that's like I mean, a clinics well, kind of conversation. Well, they call it, I call it, it's a brand, it's called Tervis. Yeah, mine is a Tervis brand as well. Yeah. Oh, so, wait. Okay, that's interesting because like, you know how the whole Kleenex thing happened? Like yeah. everyone calls it a Kleenex, but it's actually yeah. an issue, right? 
Yeah. And you're calling but, it a Tervis because that's the brand and yours is a Tervis, but do other people do that? Because I've no, always no, called they, them thermoses they, and this is not well, a thermos. Can, well, can what you have, what, everyone calls them thermoses because of the original thermos brand. There's a thermos brand. It's T-H-E-R-M-O-S. There's well, an that's, is, what I mean. that's what I mean, though. Like mine is yeah. not a thermos and I call it that. Well, that's because it looks like a thermos. It's just it's just what Whatever. it's called, dude. It's Whatever. like Xerox, like all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, my, my, my drink, um, I decided to go incredibly basic because I didn't want Corona again. And I, you guys are going to laugh. Kool-Aid and vodka. <laughs> what? Kool-Aid and vodka? Kool-Aid and vodka. That's dude, it. Dude, hey, amen. If that's what you <laughs> go for, bro. Knock I, yourself I don't even think I've ever had that. I don't think I, actually, I got to tell you something. I don't uh, like vodka. What vodka has no flavor? Like it's like I, I don't like, like air. What? I still don't like it. All right, whatever, like dude. Uh, no, he just ugh, whatever. <laughs> it's um, a college thing. It's what I had when I was in college. That's well, what I know, survived it's, it's on funny. parties. You know, it's funny. I've never ever. Um, I don't think I've ever bought Kool Aid in my entire adult life. <laughs> actually, I don't think I've drank Kool Aid. And this is not a knock on you at all, but it's actually me thinking about like kind of nostalgia things. I've, I haven't had Kool-Aid, like drank Kool-Aid, I feel like, unless I didn't know, know it at the time. I don't think I've drank Kool-Aid in, in like decades. Uh, well, I mean, you had it. I'm sure you had it in college. No, we didn't have Kool-Aid in so, college. So, you did. Didn't you ever have a Hunch Punch? Yeah, that was with Hawaiian Punch, not Kool-Aid. Same difference. So no, they're very different. Let me let me elaborate yeah. here because I'm in the same boat. I had Kool-Aid, like real Kool-Aid as a child, but yeah. um, along about high school... It just seemed a little bit too sweet for me. And I switched over to the, uh, you know, like the the artificially sweetened zero calorie crystal light kind of thing, you know, and it still oh, tastes yeah, like yeah, fruit yeah. punch or grape punch or whatever, but it, it's not, it's not the brand, right? Because why did we get down the brand? Anyway, that's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking, Tomas? Well, what are you drinking as far as what, what vodka are you drinking though? Oh God. What brand? Standard? It's, it's probably um, it's probably some kind of cheap Stol- version of Absolute or something like that. Stolichnaya. It's Absolute. Mm. Absolute, exactly. As Fab long as salute. it's not McCormick, I'll be okay. Fabsolute, fake absolute. Absolute. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought I'd go back to uh, uh, an old, uh, uh, good old girl, my good old girl, known as La Kraken. Oh God. oh my God! I really don't like that stuff, man. I don't know how you. All that tells me is you bought more of it, and I just can't. I bought, I bought more of it for Coquito. That's why. If anyone listening ever decides to like make a Wikipedia to document what we've drank, and we can figure out what everyone likes here, I would totally be behind you. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm drinking a Kraken with a Coke Zero. So why why the accent? Why? <laughs> He's apparently glom gold. Yes. All I do is win, win, win. <laughs> Flint hot glom gold. Scrooge McDuck. Okay, that that. You cannot that. do what you cannot do. <laughs> wow. Where are you going? I'm going to Glasgow. Where okay. are you going? Off the rails. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Isn't it time? Is it time? Did we miss anything? No, no, no. Now, you know what time it is, buddy? It is time to go straight to the news desk. To the news desk.
<laughs> to the news desk, news of the day. News of the day. Goody, tell me you got something good. Well, actually, uh, it's something that I sent you guys earlier today, and um, I don't know if you guys actually read it. Uh, by the way, uh, this is the news uh, of today. The date is <laughs> the 7th of January in the year of our Lord, 2021. Anno Domini. Happy oh, New Year, everybody. We're finally yeah. out of 2020. I want to start playing, like, when we do this, I need to start playing music from, like, fucking, uh, what's it called? The group from the early, oh, my God. Every time I start drinking, but I forget shit. Um, um, that's what it does, dude. That's alcohol. No, the ones I used to play, um, Enigma. There you go. I knew I'd get around to it eventually. Oh, I don't know if you did. Does that count? Anyway, so one of the things I sent you guys uh, was that uh, today Nerdist dropped a little um, little article about uh, the food that is going to be served at Super Nintendo World in Dude. Universal Studios. So uh, cool. Japan, which hopefully is something they bring over here when they bring when they build the ones that are going to be building in um, California and one in Orlando. Um, now they don't—they're kind of short on descriptions for some of these, uh, but what they look like—see, some of them are pretty amazing. Uh, they're going to have uh, well, there's like a there's like what they call a pancake sandwich, right? Um, where it's basically, they're kind of like themed after Luigi and Mario. And so the one they have a picture is themed after Mario, which is basically like, looks like a pancake sandwich, which is basically, I guess the way it looks is in a little carton and it looks like either it's two pancakes or maybe it's one large pancake folded, but it's like, it's got the bit of a dye and it's got like, uh, it's like Mario's cap. So it's kind of reddish looking. Uh, and it looks like it's full of, uh, fruits like strawberry and, Whipped cream and it looks like maybe a sprig of mint in there. I, I don't know. My mouth actually just watered. Hold on. Um, they're gonna have all these different kinds of sodas uh, themed after the princess and Mario and Luigi. Um, there is gonna be what? Why is this only in Japan? All this kind of crazy shit. Well, you only see in it's Japan. Super Nintendo World. No, I know, but it's like you know, Disney could actually do crazy stuff like this too if they wanted to, but they just don't, man. It would be so cool, honestly. Uh, honestly, who throws a shoe? Like honestly, like okay. every time I think about, it, I mean, they, 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 you know, they always come up like, which is great, and I think it's awesome. Is that there's always stuff in Japan that is just like so like out of left field and it just seems so cool and it would be cool here but i know that it would just not take off here you know well, well and that's why they don't do it because people I know. like you say it's not gonna I take know. off i know i wish it would look, though look, the assumption is it won't go to japan i'm scared i mean not right now don't go right now but go to japan it's, oh, bye, it's incredible bye, go bye, there bye, and, bye. and i will go with you it is fantastic oh god bye. all right i said right now i said not right now i said specifically not right now Okay, and, and um, it, it, the cool thing about that hat is it kind of looks like, oh my God, this is never going to end. <sighs> the cool thing about the hat is I think it's it, the way that the, the way I envision this, right? Strawberries and cream filling and kind of a pancake is it reminds me a lot of like a crepe. Have you guys ever had like a sweet crepe or a savory crepe? Yeah, yes, always. Yeah, delicious, right? Um, by the way, mm-hmm. if you haven't had a savory one, which was me until like mm-hmm. probably two years ago, I'd never had one. My oh, wife yeah. was like, oh, no, try it for real. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. No one wants like 
savory pancakes. That's ridiculous to me. And I took a bite. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, that's what I'm hoping this little Mario hat tastes like. It's like a sweet crepe type thing. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm willing to go all the way to Japan to try this. Honestly, I'm going to Japan anyway. I will go again. Trust me. But and I will go for my first time. I was actually, I was actually, that was my big plan like two years ago was to go because I, I turned 40 this year. Um, and so hoping to make it some kind of like a 40th birthday type thing. And it's not going to happen now because um, it's like the walking dead out there, but still not out there <laughs> so much to Japan as it is. Yeah, no, I don't want to. No. It's just not nowhere is safe. Anyway, moving no. on. Um, what do you think about the, uh, did you see the tortoise shells? Like, yes, I don't know what that, what's inside of that. I don't know if it's like a spaghetti and cheese or it's kind of a noodle and thing. Cause they have a pizza bowl that they make, but I don't know. What do you think that looks like to you? It's like a tortoise, just like the green turtle tortoise shell that they have, you know, in all the, the games stuffed with what, what in your opinion is that? So, um, it's, there's a really common, uh, snack food that they have in the convenience, convenience stores, the convenience stores that they have there. Um, and it's, it's like, and it sounds disgusting. I swear it, I was on your side until I tried it when I went there with like two years ago. Um, it's a cold, like soy sauce type noodle that they typically serve in almost like a subway type bun. And you're meant to eat it cold, like room temperature. And it is absolutely delicious because it, you know, soy sauce, it kind of has that savory, sweet type flavor, right? And I think that's what it looks like to me. But I mean, I guess it could be, it could be served hot first off, right? That might just be like um, lo mein stuffed in a bun, basically, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that'd be delicious either way. Oh, yeah. And I've had cold noodle stuff. I have cold noodle stuff. I love that stuff. Um, one thing that would be interesting to me was the question block tiramisu that they have there. Where if you imagine, yeah. it, 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 those of you in the podcast of us, just, just, just open up your mind and your imagination. And imagine the, the question cube, right, block from Super Mario, right? It's a question, right? All the little sides on it. But each one of those sides is that, that tiramisu kind of, you know, whatever the that layer, crust the layer, the layer. Well, the, the, the crunchy part, the outside, yeah. the shell, um, or the, the crunchy part, the little, the little ladyfinger stuff or whatever. And then inside is all of that creaminess with, I'm sure, the kind of the chocolate, fl- the, the, the coffee flavor and all of that. And just basically, it's like a box of tiramisu stuffed with delicious cream. And uh, again, my mouth water. I don't know if you can hear it, but there was one that was the- watering. <laughs> The picture showed a cannoli too, the mushroom cannoli or whatever the heck it is, the the question box cannoli or whatever that was called. Well, that's the question. No, that's a tiramisu. That's tiramisu. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. Dude, okay. it looks absolutely it looks delicious. delicious. Yeah. Um, and unrelated, uh, and, and we'll get into this rabbit hole later as we get into Star Wars. But I saw some of Galaxy's Edge foods that they have, and this it's it reminds me a lot of like the creative level that they had to go to. To come up with really not gimmicky themed type things, right? It, it fits. It makes people interested. It's intriguing and probably has incredible flavors, I would assume, because I've never had a bad meal in Japan. And I went to some really hole-in-the-wall places for like two bucks for a meal. So I imagine it'll probably be pretty good. So I have high hopes. And hopefully I get to go there and see this um, maybe after the world stops shitting on itself. 
<laughs> Gross. That's, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's a great way of describing it. I mean, the kind of stuff that they're coming up with the food is kind of like that uh, that bread that Ray ate in Force Awakens. That's actually like they took it. Actually, the like NASA actually took that to the space with them for the astronauts mm. to eat, like Space Center to eat. You know that part I where she's eating, that. and she poured. So she, she had that powder, and then she poured kind of like a, a a drink in it, like a like a liquid in the plate, and all of a sudden it created this bread like instantaneously. It just and it wasn't it wasn't like 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 you know celestial you effects or anything. Or anything. They yeah. actually they actually for the movie for that scene they literally created a no bake bread that all it needed was water, and the minute you added water to it, it 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 baked the bread immediately and it was edible. It wasn't great, but it had the nutrients kind of like you needed. Yeah, well, in that kind yeah. of environment, that sort of like yeah. level of poverty, you get what helps you survive, exactly. not what is going to be like. So yeah, so referencing when, when, referencing uh, uh, Jakku, not not space yeah. like astronauts. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, Jakku, yeah. yes, yes. But either way, okay, cool. Anything else good? What you got? Talk to me, go. All right. Well, um, something that's been kind of disappointing me for a long time, besides the fact that I still haven't been able to get a PS Five. I got kind of within taste of one today, I think, and then it was gone. Um, so maybe I'll get one next year. But um, what's also been disappointing me uh, is just. You know, the continuing drama surrounding the release of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, as Ooh. of right now, to say what's been the latest developments for it? Well, one is uh, there's a full scale uh, lawsuit now being um, measured. Basically, maybe it's class action. I'm not sure. What it's a class action. It's yeah. class action. Um, b- by the investors to uh, CD Project Red CDPR, uh, by, by their investors, basically saying that they, that CD Project Red lied to them about the state of the game when it was being released so that it could artificially, um, you know, prop up the stock in the company. Um, and then once the game came out and it was a total mess, uh, particularly for the console, the PS4 and the Xbox One versions, um, then uh, obviously they lost a lot of money, lost a lot of stock. Um, now, now, which is to say the game is not, has not been a flop. It really hasn't. I mean, even with refunds that have been offered and given, CD Projekt Red still sold like 13 million copies of that thing, right? Um, yeah. 8 million, 5 million of those 13 million were uh, pure profit, bottom line. Because like, 8 million um, that they sold on pre-orders got them back the development costs and everything. Right. So they've had 5 million dollars, well, 5 million copies of sales um, of pure profit. But still, they're being sued by that, uh, by, the, um, by the investors because of this basic, and which honestly, like, it sucks a lot for me. Kind of, I mean, because I mean, they're a company and all that. I get that. But the fact that that's a company that I actually have believed in for a long time. I've really liked them a lot for a long time and stuff that they've done uh, with other services of theirs. So for them to kind of do what they did, which was basically not let people review the console versions. I mean, it's, it seems a lot of, a lot of underhanded things they did right yeah. at the end. Uh, really hurt, is a really good way to describe that. W- w- which hurt a lot of the goodwill, you know, yeah. gamers have had towards that company building up the last few years. Um, I think anyway. Um, another thing uh, kind of related to that, though, is sort of like the chances of that working, though. I mean, I've looked into it a little bit and like it's very hard because for that investor's case, for them to win that case, they have to be able to prove that CD Projekt Red deliberately did that stuff in their language. And that's extremely hard to prove that they purposely misled people. 
Um, yeah. Like it's hard to find that evidence. For real. You know? So I, I, I think that's, 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 that's quite a bit of he said, she said that they were going to, how they're going to be able to bring up any type of reasonable doubt that they're going to get to that point, that that's a possibility. I don't I mean, know. I mean, you have, to, you have to you have to get the, the email basically that says, "Hey, we've got to screw these guys over, or we got to fake this because we want the money." I mean, and you're not going to find that. I well, you have to find some corroborating evidence, even if there's no email. You have to find <laughs> some type of corroboration between uh, hey, people. You know? I probably shouldn't put this in an email, but we really need to screw over those console players. So, yeah. let <laughs> me know how we can do that. Oh, yeah, then, which, 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 which you won't, because unless it's, it's hard copy, you're not going to find anything. Like it? Well, didn't they come out with some rumors the other day about a multiplayer setting and all this? Oh other no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have. Here's the thing: like the company is like, no, no, we're still going ahead with it, um, because they suppose they're going to this month coming up. They haven't yet, but and also next month. So this month, January, next month, February, they're going to drop two really big patches. But along with that, they are still talking about uh, implementing a multiplayer function of the game. And on top of that, within this year, supposedly, they're going to be dropping all kinds of DLC, both free and paid DLC, uh, to the game. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. And then and supposedly fix the AI for, like, to say, the police in the game. Like, There's a lot of things that they're supposedly going to be getting done within the next year to make this game pretty impressive. Um, I mean, I don't know. Have they worked seen, out I guess. the kinks for I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I would love for them to follow through on their promises made of added features after the release in a timely manner, because many, many other games have not done that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, shouldn't they kind of put their ducks in a row and fix all the problems for the people who like bought the game on PS3, which couldn't, couldn't you do that? Couldn't you oh, buy PS4. it on PS4? Oh, PS4, oh, PS4. PS4. That's what I mean. Wow. One generation. Yes. So, <laughs> two, two actually. Well, no, I was thinking like one from five anyway, regardless. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, regardless. shouldn't, shouldn't they just let those like, didn't they buy the game too? Can't, and they can't play it at all right well, now. Well, and that, that's and that and basically that's what those two patches are supposed to be really fixing. Um, they're mostly for the PS4 and Xbox One games because uh, the PS5 and the One X, One Series X and S um, are not bad. I mean, they're not apparently they're not, they're not bad. They still crash a lot, but still, it's not as bad as the other ones. Which is kind of like people are still saying like, well, it's still un, you know, not very. Um, it's not okay because this game was was supposedly developed during the entire run of the PS4. So it's not like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they, um, like the PS, I mean, the, the, the game was announced right before the PS4 came out. They've been developing it through the entire cycle of the PS4. And when they released it at the very end of the life of the PS4, it can't be played on the PS4. Like they were developing it before there was even a PS5, even in, you know, in concept, really. So it's kind of like at least nothing public i don't know it's really it sucks and to kind of like dovetail with how the, the suckage um as of last week on steam because you know how steam tracks everything uh apparently the, the, the big news was that they dropped um the you know how they had the, how steam tracks the amount of players active players in a game and all of that well apparently it's dropped like 80 percent um Ooh, actually 79 percent, but 80 percent as of last week in the, the the active players at least on steam um, they had like a basic at one point a million players active at any given moment playing Cyberpunk twenty seven seven and now they're down to like you know two hundred thousand or so. That's crazy. Well, and Steam's I mean Steam's one of the largest 
libraries out there. I mean, what else is there other than that? Other than like there's Epic Games, right? And there's Ubisoft. Ubisoft, right? Those are really the other three. But you don't buy games through like uh, Twitch or anything like that, do you yet? There's nothing like that. No, they just, I don't think so. They offer games. Like just streaming, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Twitch, Twitch, if you want it, uh, just just cut me a short check and I'll let you have that idea. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, and it sucks because, like I said, this is a game that I myself was looking forward to. I love the cyberpunk genre. I love that company. And to then to see how it's like, it's just, you know, it's one of those where it, it's, it's one of those um, where even if they fixed it, even if it ran great, um, the stuff that they promised that is not included in the game so far. Like it's oh. not what was what they made it out to that it was going to be like, it's and hopefully they said they'll like, add, um, add later. What was that other one? That no was Man's Sky? Like, no Man's Sky is exactly the one that this sounds a lot like. And, and they, just um, released, they just released a couple expansions to it that had been award-winning and shit, dude. Well, no. Now the game is where they said it was going to be when it was supposed to be released. Now the game is a the game is like a like a success story of success stories for video games where they, they added everything. You can see other players. You can see yourself. You can build space platforms and stations. And there's tons of stuff you can do now. It's The game is now where it was what they were talking it was going to be like when it was released. I got the game at release. I pre-ordered that game. Actually. Wasn't it like three or four years ago that was supposed to come out with all this stuff, though? Yeah, like, how old it was. was this game? Am I about right? Three years or so? Yeah, yeah. And 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 within a year, they've already added a lot of stuff to it. And then a year after that, I mean, they were they were they they they're the, this is the company that like showed okay, it wasn't what everyone wanted in the beginning, um, but stick if the, anyone that stuck with it, like they really have expanded everything and to make it whereas people now it's a great game. It's a great game because tons of exploration, tons of ways of building and developing however you want you see other players whenever you run into them which you may not still because you know it's a life-size galaxy you're going through uh i think it's like whatever 800 quintillion planets or something in there um so like it's no no it's a it's a full-size galaxy you're going through it's been procedurally generated and i really really was interested in that game but because of all the bad press that it got and, and some of the things that it was lacking at, at launch that didn't work or, or weren't included, I quickly backed off. And by the time I was like even hearing murmurs of it getting close to what I expected, I was like no longer interested. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not even I'm not even here. Like, I'm not even going to entertain it. Well, if you are, I mean, now is like to the point where even I have considered going back to it, but I like, cause it was one of those things when I got it, it was like, so in comparison, so threadbare, but it like, it just bottom. line got really boring really fast because the gameplay loop was just like whatever. And it didn't seem like it was going anywhere. And it was nothing you really did. And, but now, I mean, I'm not going to go back because I have so many other things in my backlog that I'd rather get to those, you know, but if you ever decided going back now, it, it, the game at where it's at right at this point is from what I understand, I mean, look into it, but pretty phenomenal. And so, so that being said, this is the hope that if they can pull that off, hopefully, Sarah, and th- at that point, it becomes like any game that starts off badly, like they did with, with, um, like No Man's Sky did, can come back because they have the example of No Man's Sky making its comeback. And so, hopefully, Cyberpunk 2077 can do something. I mean, it's a very different game. I get that, but hopefully, it can do something 
along those lines. It's interesting that you say that because you have a very uh, your your perception is very different from the one that I thought everyone had. I thought that everyone had given up on No Man's Sky because it took too long, and I was worried that Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven would fall in that same like problem like cycle. But the fact that you had um, like renewed hope for for No Man's Sky and and that uh, you know it sounds like a promising game in your perspective is uh, kind of gives me hope for uh, 2077, like that it'll do the same, you know? What's well, that's, like I said, that's the belief. That's the hope too, because I'd like to play that game eventually, but right now, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. I have a PS5 and, and hopefully by the time that happens, that game has already been thoroughly patched and people talk about how great the patches are and how they fixed a few things. And anyway, that's, I might, that's what I'm, I might, I'm still thinking about it, but um, I definitely will only if it if it runs well on Stadia is when I'll entertain the idea, which is a stretch for anybody who knows much about gaming. Stadia has its troubles, and they've been talking some pretty positive, uh, you know, feedback about how it runs on Stadia. For a while, it was like considered to be the best opportunity to play it. Right? I'm sure that they've made enough because the people who have like you know uh, what is it? Um, PCMR, you guys know that, the, the PC Master Race folks? Yeah. Yeah. They've got the hardware. Those folks that are hardcore computer gamers, they've got like the beefiest graphics cards to run these games locally. And I, it kind of feels like you're getting shit on whenever somebody can sign up for a $10 a month subscription and play better than you can on your own computer that you probably <laughs> spent five or six grand on. Yeah, really. Well... <laughs> Well, now with uh, Xbox, uh, with Game Pass, everyone, since they're going to be doing their streaming thing in Xbox now, like it's mm. like, at this point, it becomes like, if, they, if, that, if that technology takes off, why get a brand spanking new blazing PC when I can play the game on my phone? I don't or know, on, man. As long as I've got a good, you know, a good internet connection on any PC. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like the folks who play PC games are already a minority, right? They're already hobbyists, really. And so I, I don't think that they'd be swayed either way. Like it's it's not so much that I'm doing it here on my machine in my you know desk or whatever. I think it's like I have the hobby of building and optimizing my machine. Oh, yeah. And, so, yeah, yeah. and so no matter what else comes out, the, it's, it's the hobby, right? It's what they're interested in. They'll, they'll grow out of the hobby because they've grown out of it, not because something else is uh, a better method to do the same thing. You know, at least that's my perception. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. It's, it's that whole aspect of it. Cause you know, I would love to have a PC tower that looked like the pyramids from Stargate, which I've seen. (laughs) I have a video I can show you uh, LTT uh, Linus tech tips on YouTube. They, They did, they've done like a four or five episode series where, they paid for like a sixty or seventy thousand dollar computer that's got a custom pyramid case, pyramid case that's got Illuminati stuff all over it because they just wanted to, and uh, it's it's very hilarious, hysterical. I had no idea about that lawsuit. That was a good one, dude. Yep, uh, and that's all I got right now. I'm I'm kind of tapped out. I've got one. Okay, so um, have you guys seen Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba? Nope, I have not right. yet. I've been hearing anime great things series, about it. I 
think it's probably still on Netflix. Uh, I will double check that as I talk. Um, is it going somewhere else? It's possibly, a, or oh, I guess because it's with uh, a licensing deal or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, so um, Kimetsu no Yaiba is a anime series about a boy who is. Well, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of other stories where, you know, responsibility is thrust upon him and now he has to adapt and grow up before he thinks he's ready and blah, blah, blah. And it is not on Netflix anymore. It's on Funimation and Hulu. Um, Anyway, incredible series. It won anime of the year last year. And uh, was it last year or the year before? I don't know when it came out. Um, And it won anime of the year. It was one of the most visually... um, astounding uh, like styles that they had, they kind of invented some, not invented. They they were the first people to kind of do some styles that were really, really uh, eye catching. And so they released their first movie. Um, They did two seasons, one or two seasons, and then they canceled the show despite the success and everyone was kind of dumbfounded, but it turned out that they'd canceled it because they did not intend to follow it up with the next season. Immediately they intended to follow it up with a full length film and release it as a full length film. Wow, that's um, impressive. Usually they don't do that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's it's pretty uncommon. They usually do like a movie. It's usually like something like an OVA kind of thing where they just yeah. kind of like a it's kind of like an extra piece of the like like the, the narrative, but it's not really part of the main story. Something that happens like in between things, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just not it's just there. It's like an extra piece of the well, pie. Um, My Hero Academia did the same thing. They weave movies in between seasons to kind of satiate the fans, right, between seasons and so forth. So anyway, they released the movie, Demon Slayer, the movie called Mugen train um and uh it's not out in america yet it has not yet to be um dubbed for anybody who's interested out there but it's uh been released in many many other uh mostly asian uh countries so if you think about like vietnam china it did really well japan it did really well and so um an article came out uh let's see when today um they have surpassed um, the most um, grossing anime movie worldwide ever. Um, so there was a movie that came out back in 2016 called Your Name, um, a absolute masterpiece. If you've got any interest in like going to watch that, it is incredible. It's a wonderful anime movie. Um, but that was the biggest film of all time grossing. And this new Demon Slayer movie has surpassed it. Um, the no, uh, your name movie, it made, let's see here. I'll tell you, uh, skip vamping, 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 and $358 million worldwide. That was the, your name movie. Um, and that came out in 2016. Now the new demon slayer movie has now topped. $361 $361 million and it hasn't come to America yet. Oh, wow. dude! So, um, this movie I have been chomping at the bit to watch. I can't find anywhere that you can rent it, buy it, download it, otherwise, whatever. And I am so interested in watching it because I'm, I'm, I feel I'm probably wrong. I feel like usually when they release these, they come with at least, original studio subtitles. So I can still enjoy it like I do most of my anime. But 
I can't get it anywhere. Everyone that I follow on like the anime, I don't know, thing that the, the popular anime people on like the internet, they've all seen it. They've all gone to Tokyo to watch it themselves. And I'm sitting here like, dude, I have to see this movie, but I'm not going to fly to Japan just for a movie. Um, anyway, I thought it was kind of cool. It's uh, yeah. $361 million. Would you fly to Japan to murder someone and then watch a movie? Wait, what? <laughs> Nothing. Somebody to watch the movie. No, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about. Kira, what? If it's Kira or perfect blue. Yes. Oh, dude, those are both incredible. Perfect. Blue. Oh my God. Perfect, perfect blue, blue is so good. Oh my God. If, if you so haven't good. seen any of I these. Still have that. I have that DVD, by the way. I have that DVD. What, uh, I don't give a shit. I have I'm gonna say movie. I'm gonna say perfect blue. It, it doesn't. It didn't. It doesn't hold the world record. It, it didn't beat your name. No, but no, perfect even. blue is probably the one film above Akira, in my opinion. That if you haven't seen an anime movie, you need to see that one. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty interesting story when it popped up. It's an interesting story. Yeah, good job, man. Cool. So, Tomas, you got anything? Uh, I have a Star Wars one, but if you got a Star, you got something else, go for it, dude. Uh, I do have a Star Wars one. I mean, my Star Wars one's a quick one. I mean, it's um, Go I know on. that recently uh, Nerdist came out. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Nerdist came out with a brand new Star Wars timeline. Oh, that's what I was actually going to talk about. Oh, um, okay. So, Knights, uh, Star Wars High Republic. Is yeah, out. yeah, dude. Yeah, they just came out with. If any of you guys don't know, so um, uh, Disney during their uh, amazing. We've talked about it in the previous episode, their amazing uh, Disney Investor Day, which is kind of like their little, not their little, it's their their, their kind of version of, e, um, what's it called, uh, San Diego Comic-Con and uh, D23, because they couldn't do that this year because of, uh, of COVID, of course. Um, they decided to do the same kind of event, but do it virtually on their Disney Investor Day. So in the Investor Day, they did mention High Republic was going to be this new type of, you know, Cross, um, cross, uh, cross. Uh, I guess cross format. They call um, it a mega storyline, or a me- what did they call it? A mega story arc, or something? Because it's gonna be like go go across all all platforms. It was it was gonna be comic books. It was gonna be movies. It's gonna be TV shows. It's gonna be novels. It's games be and games, all kinds of stuff. Everything. I mean, and it's all gonna be. You, you you can follow along with the story. It's all interwoven. It. So you it's can you can go from like parts of parts of the story you can only experience on one medium, but to get to the next part of the story you have to go to another medium sometimes. Which is exactly. genius. That's like brilliant. You know, you know, way to or, make people make tons of money that way. And, and, and it reminds me, Goody, you remember that show on Sci Fi Channel? That oh, they did okay. at yeah, that no, one, no, no. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, you like that one? No, we start counting through Stargate, Eureka. Oh, dude, dude, don't start naming Firefly. this. Stargate. Just wait, just Eon wait. Flu- just wait. Uh, no, Eon Flux. No, 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 that was MTV. That was MTV. No, anyways, no. The um, but there was a there was a show on Sci Fi Channel. It was about ten, maybe fifteen, or ten years ago. It was a cross format type of game where um, a show. Where it was, there you go, Defiance. There you go. Defiance, where it was the show, and then when it went on hiatus, the game took over the timeline. Yeah, and the game was like, um, kind of like it. It was a third-person shooter, like before. Yeah. I think even be- before Destiny and mm-hmm. all of that. And um, I couldn't. I, I, I think I think it was like PS3 actually. 
Yeah, it was originally, and then and then kind of cross over to PS4, but and 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 it was like very long. <laughs> realized, you know. So, okay, so this just popped in my head, but if if part of the timeline of of any story from from any any franchise goes into a video game, and you're anything like me, uh, I mean, like I've spent, I probably logged close to four or five hundred hours in Zelda: Breath of the Wild, right? And and. I can probably confidently tell you that there's at least 20 to 30 hours I've spent just blowing shit up. And so is that uniquely my part of the storyline? Am I have do I have a different experience than anybody else? You yes, know? you do because because you're that guy. Because you're that guy. I'm <laughs> so not that guy. You guys know I'm not a completionist. I just know like- I just want to run through the story and finish all the shit that I can because I want to see the end. That's just me. I don't. I, I've said it before. I don't give a shit about Jacobo. I don't give a fuck what's going to happen to this thing. I just want to get to the end and beat Bahamut. That's all I want. I want to get the cannon and beat the fuck out of that dude so I can then win the princess and live happily ever after or okay, at least until... Ahead. The next iteration of the, sh- of the, of the, the so, game. So I'm, I'm reading the comics of said series. <laughs> I play the game of said series and I kill Zelda. And then I pick you up. You killed Zelda? And- Why'd you kill Zelda? Zelda? What happened? I'm just saying, why not? Why not kill Zelda? And then, <laughs> then what, are the novels going to pick up with Zelda hey, being dead? That's not. How, no, no. <laughs> what's wrong with you? You're a are you, man? You're horrible. Some you men are- just want to watch Jesus. the world burn. <laughs> Say it in your best Michael Caine voice, Goody. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't have enough marbles to put in my mouth and a British accent. <laughs> Michael Caine, Michael Caine. Okay, so, carry on. Okay, no, but as we were saying, it's a cross-format, uh, I guess, experience. Would you, call, would you almost call it multimedia? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many words. So many. Where's this thesaurus? But anyway, so yeah, so it's going to be over comic books, all that, and that's the High Republic, and it's supposed to take place uh, two hundred years before, um, before uh, what's it called? Uh, Phantom Menace, Episode One, before Phantom Menace. So that's considered that's one timeline. Then the next timeline, which is the prequels, is called the Fall of the Jedi. And that is, uh, that is of course, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. The Clone Wars TV show and movie, uh, and Revenge of the Sith. That's considered that era is called now the Fall of the Jedi. Okay, we've always called them prequels, and then the original trilogy and the sequels. That's what they were called. Now this is what we're talking about here. I don't think um, I'm ever going to stop calling it the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, trilogy exactly. and the original. And then trilogy. we know up when you decide to roll up to Corellia or Coruscant and go, "Hey, remember what happened in the prequel trilogy?" They're going to be like, "What do you mean the prequel trilogy? What is this prequel? What are you? Tri- what, what, <laughs> what are you talking, talking about?" Storyline. I blew up Coruscant, so there you go. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and then the next, the next uh, era is going to be is called the Reign of the Empire, which takes place during. Uh, what's it called? Um, the new series, The Bad Batch, um, uh, Solo, and um, yeah, that for, for right now, the only things that are happening during the reign of the Empire is oh no, and Rebels, I think, is considered that as yeah, well. I don't know, Je- Rebels, no, Jedi- Rebels is considered Age of Rebellion, that's the next era. What about so Jedi, right now, Jedi Fallen Order? Jedi Fallen Order, mm, that's considered okay. I'll tell you right now, they're just talking about the movies, they're not talking okay, about the okay, game, okay, okay, okay. But I think Jedi Fallen Order probably falls within Reign of the uh, Empire. Would think Reign so. of the Empire? Yeah, I would think so because it's right after. Uh, well, it takes no, place Fallen like ten Order, years after. Fallen Order goes into so Legends. Think, so no, no, no. 
No, no, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Legends? Let me get to it. Let me get to it. Hold on. So Reign of the Empire right now is just Bad Batch and Solo because it's right after, like, it's just in the early years of the uh, of the uh, Empire. Then Age of Rebellion takes place, uh, is, is Row 1, Rebels, New Hope, Strike Empire, and Return. So I think Fallen Order, because Fallen Order, I think, takes place, what, like 10 years after? After Orders of the Six, give or take, yeah, probably. That would probably fall in with Rebels then, because because um, Empire, because New Hope starts off what eighteen years after the fall of the Jedi, after uh, give or take, because yeah, because yeah, Luke is eighteen years old and stuff. Years old. So I would think. So I would, I would think that Fallen Order probably would be considered a part of the age of the Rebellion because it's ten years after, and Rebels is ten years after. Yeah, but uh, Rebels also doesn't it? Rebels like end right before the Battle of Yavin. Or, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, but uh, so then, so that's fifteen. Anyway. Yeah. Either way, we're we're talking semantics here. But either way, I think I think Fallen Order falls within. I think because of the timeline, I think Fallen Order falls within Age of Rebellion. Right. Then the next one, of course, is after. Of course, this, the the original trilogy is called the New Republic, which is was it five years? Uh, five years ABY. Have you have you seen that now? They're saying that's, that's been there forever. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. So they've been using the time happened, line. Right? Yeah, that's been forever. That's been yeah, what we've so, used forever. Yeah, so it's five years. So like even before Disney and all that, they were using that as a timeline okay. thing. So yeah, so New Republic uh, is the new era, which is one with which takes place with the Mandalorian and all the new shows: Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka. Uh, what else? Um, uh, Marshals of the New Republic. That's gonna fall Rangers, in line. Rangers. Rangers, yeah, Rangers yeah. of New Republic. That's going to fall in line with New Republic, and that's of course, like we said, it's five years. It's five years after the Battle of Yavin. So yeah, so, we get to, we get to see uh, why is it that this government can't do anything? Because goddamn, I mean, really, yeah. I mean, they Seriously. the fact. Anyway, they're too, too small. It, dis- it disappoints me, especially after seeing this movie again today, yes. and like for this thing, I'm like, we will discuss. Ugh. We will right, discuss. Oh, that's discuss. part of my thoughts. That's, yes, it's part of my thoughts. So, so then, of course, the next era, which is the sequels, is the rise of the First Order, which is Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, and the TV show Resistance, which is a very good show. The animated series? It was like a season or two, right? It wasn't very long. It was about three seasons, I think. It was really good. Really good. Or two seasons. The, the, the first season ended in the uh, – when the – what's it called? The um, – the new "quote unquote" Death Star, because J.J. Abrams, we all know, is not very um, original. The new, the 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 Star Killer base, Star Killer base, yeah. So the, the end of the first season ends with Star Killer base uh, blowing up um, the seed of the New Republic. Oh yeah, the the planet uh, planets. Chandrila? No, I can't think of it. Hang on, now. Coruscant, right? No, not Coruscant. Coruscant was not the was not the capital of the New Republic. No, it wasn't the seat. But yeah, and so those are now the new. Those are the that that right now is a timeline, which is a cool thing because if you think about it, with the timelines now, there's so much you can fill in the gaps with because everyone was worried about what are we going to do now? How can we move on from the Skywalker saga? Well, and that's what Nerdist did. They filled in because we've got all these new Star Wars properties that are coming, right? So the Acolyte falls in right after the High Republic. Yeah, it, it falls in just before Phantom Menace. And then the Obi-Wan Kenobi series falls under Reign of the Empire, which is right yes. after Revenge of the Sith. It takes place. Well, uh, but there's I also, 
there's a tons of books that have come out like that would take place during the time of the New Republic. Like there's a Wedge Antilles book that came out a couple of years ago. Um, there's a bunch of, bunch of novels and comics that have taken place during that New Republic era. Now. But a lot of that's now Legends series. So whenever they, whenever they, when Disney took ownership of, no, of I'm, I'm talking about stuff that came out a couple years ago, like like oh, new okay. stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, no, the legend stuff I know, but when Disney before, but anything from that point on, and there's a bunch of stuff. But if you look, if you look in the in another, one of the other timelines, they have all of the like the the Clone Wars and everything that's like considered canon mm-hmm. in the timeline, and it's a ton of like novels and YA stuff, YA novels even like I mean, even like a, like a YA novel series for like. Um, I remember seeing it once uh, in Rebels, the cartoon in Rebels, the um, Kanan's character mm-hmm. um, during his time as a, an apprentice. Like they have oh. a couple of YA novels about him as an apprentice and like mm-hmm. up and to Order had, 66. He had, a, he had a whole series where it was right after Order 66. Which I guess makes him and Cal Kestis from, uh, from uh, Jedi Fallen Order about the same age. Yeah, they're, about, they were, they're probably about the same age. They're both Padawan think, at the same time. Although I think, I think Kanan is a little bit older. Because he was already kind of like in fighting, where where Kyle was a bit younger. I think he was just he had just become what's his name's Padawan. Yeah. Before everything happened, I mean, they just announced also today, just for lack of a better phrase, um, they just announced someone today is the guy who's the showrunner for um, Loki, uh, who's actually still running the show for because they already announced so Loki series on Disney Plus. He's already been announced. They've already given him a green light for season two on Loki as of today. They just announced season two Loki. So they, they like what they see so far from Loki. And the guy who's executive producer and showrunner of Loki, he just got tapped today to do to write the script for Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie, which we still don't know what that is. That could be High Republic. I mean, the rumors are that it is High Republic. I didn't but, know that he got greenlit for a movie. I thought there was the oh, only other film that we hadn't talked about that we don't know anything about is Taika Waititi's, right? Well, no, there's Rogue Squadron also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. But that one was always in the – they didn't announce it in Disney Investor Day, but they had announced that Kevin Feige had been given a Star Wars movie that he could direct. And But that was like – God, how long ago was that? That was like three years ago, Goody? They announced that? I don't remember. Yeah, it was. it was a long time ago. And, there was, and that was always still there. But it was always going to be a one-shot movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kevin Feige has done some incredible stuff. Um, but Star Wars, in my, to my knowledge, is new to him, right? Like, he hasn't done any Star Wars stuff thus far, right? Yeah, but I mean, maybe because he's in the Disney family, quote-unquote. Exactly. Once again, my air quotes. Uh, maybe he's going to be tapping on a lot of shoulders like John Favreau. And well, Dave that's Filoni. what I'm thinking. Like, if he's Because yeah. John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni have really, really... Um, I mean, Dave. Dave Filoni for a long time has done a lot for Star Wars. And John Favreau, especially in more recent years. And in my mind, Kevin Feige has such a good record right now. I would be hesitant to step into that ring when everyone will inevitably compare him to them. Right. Well, here's, well, here's well, the, cause what has he actually directed? You said he's going to direct the movie. He's going to direct the movie. What has he directed? He's okay. produced everything. He's a producer. But then if you think about it, so it's not like as if this hasn't happened before and it's actually, there's actually people, people have actually made a crazier jump. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a director who actually, uh, God, what was the name of the movie? Um, there was a there's a movie that came out in the seventies. I think it was called was it, was it Paris Texas? Oh, uh, was uh, um, 
Yeah, uh, no, it wasn't Paris, Texas. Shit. I'll find the movie. Anyways, but the director of that movie, um, oh, fuck, what was her name? Oh, no, anyways, the director of that movie, he he actually was a critic. He was famous for being a critic, and all of a sudden, he's directing a motion picture that is crazy. Okay, yeah, uh, it was um, The Last Picture Show. It's from the 70s. It was directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Oh, that okay. guy before he that was his first movie he ever directed, and before that he was just a movie critic. That's all he was. And then all of a sudden he gets tapped to direct the Last Picture Show, and it's considered one of the top fifty movies of all time. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if this is quite the same thing, but I mean, you remember whenever Hollywood needed a giant boost, like they they were really suffering. A lot of movies weren't really doing well. And they brought in a bunch of rookies, Spielberg and um, Lucas and uh, gosh, I'm forgetting like another Scorsese. Scorsese was one of them. Yeah. Like these folks were like independent filmmakers that really didn't have a track record. And Mm -hmm. you and I both know all the things that especially those three directors have done for the film industry. Right. It might just be time again, you know, I mean, Spielberg Spielberg was, Spielberg was, Spielberg only directed at that point. He only had one movie before he did. Um, before he did, he, he actually no. What was that? The 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 movie where it was uh, about the car. Um, Christine. No, 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 no. Oh, are you thinking about American, American Graffiti? No, no, that's George that's, that's Lucas. That's Lucas. Steven Spielberg directed a motion picture, and it was actually a TV movie. Okay, about with a car. It was like a, a, between a guy and a truck. And the guy was driving a. Tr- uh, uh, he didn't know who the driver was, and it was like freaking out because he's trying to get, I guess, to his house, and this truck is trying to kill him. Basically, this big ass truck. It was called Duel. Duel. Before he did Duel, which was a TV movie, he, and it's a really good movie. Actually, I've seen it. It's a really good movie, and you could totally tell all the differences that he has, all the different things he does. And before he did that movie, all he did was TV shows. That's it. He was a TV show director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of. Um, I mean, if you think about like, but uh, on that on that point, Kevin Feige has never directed anything, whereas at least Steven Spielberg had some direction. So who knows? I feel like they're probably hesitant to give. Um, oh wait, no, you said Kevin Feige. Never mind. I thought I thought you were referencing the guy. I was uh, Dave Filoni. No, no, no. I feel like they're hesitant to give him full control because he's he's a nerd like the rest of us right and, and he loves it so much that i feel like he would make an incredibly nerd an incredibly successful nerd film that the general public wouldn't watch you know well i mean he's, oh because it'd be like so deep in the weed it's like oh yeah. well i mean he's running he's gonna be the showrunner for ahsoka which means he's probably writing and directing at least I writing think, i think i think i think he can pull it off i'm gonna trust that feloni will be able to know like the fan stuff, the the nerdy geek stuff will be the references or things in the background or the Easter eggs. I mean, he knows, I, you know, he knows how to make a movie. He knows how to make a TV show. He knows how to make, I think it's going to work. I, I, think so. I hope, I, I think what will end up happening is they will give him the title, give him the control, and then give him a very long leash that they can reel in if needed, right? Um, because I, I was actually thinking about it whenever this timeline came out, I was like, man, I because I, I saw that the High Republic is, as you mentioned, it's like what two hundred years or so before the first episode, 
And the part of Star Wars that I hunger to hear more about is the origination of the Jedi Order and the Jedi, all of that, right? Like the religion that it becomes. And um, still, I realize that I'm the only one who still, cares. No, no, but even still, if that's the case, I mean, this is not, this is way after they've already started. Well, yeah, because the Jedi are like thousands of years old by this point. Yeah, exactly, at this point. Well, but that's my point is like the reason that they've never dipped into that storyline, because I think I'm, I feel like what I was reading is like the Jedi started something like 10,000 years before the first episode. Oh, yeah, and, on, the planet, on, the planet, on the planet of Jedi. Uh, which you've seen well, in Rogue that's one, one of the three. One of the three yeah, that which, they supposedly yeah. think. But what you, you see in Rogue One, Planet Jedi, right. yes, yeah, with and, uh, Force Whitaker's character that they destroy. Yes, yes, it's the first planet. And, I think it was like the test planet for yeah, or one of the test test firings for the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, and the I realized that. You know, what kind of story would you tell in there? It's just a bunch of people wandering around. We don't know who they are. We don't care who they are. We don't really, they don't probably have any strong powers. They're probably not good at any of it. And I was like, well, that's why they haven't done it. Cause I'm the only one who cares to watch that. Right. You know, and, and I'm that one person who would pay for it. So it's not profitable, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I, I'd like to, what is it? I look at these these this whole series, and you say you're going back ten thousand years, and I'm like, so is it pre space flight? Is it our level of space flight? Like, are we like, are we what they will become ten thousand years from after <laughs> us? You know what I mean? Because I feel like you know, for them, they're at that point where where it's almost like technological. They're technologically stagnant. Where how much further can they go and get? I mean, it's going to be obviously because they're so technologically advanced and space flight's so normal and all, all that kind of technology that like, yeah. but anyway, well, that's, that right, that, that's kind of getting deep in the weeds, but like 10,000 years ago, what, yeah, like you said, what were the Jedi doing? Did they have like this really like flashlights that would like heat up in their hands and go, crap, we got to figure out how to make this thing work better. <laughs> you know, like, what, is this? It's like, a, what did that it's look a... like? How much did it suck? And, and, and were they, and they didn't, I mean, we're used to having like, the original Jedi, were they an actual like kind of like the original Sith in the it's in the Legends canon, Le- Legends idea, where they are a race of people and then became a religion, mm-hmm. and then other groups. No, so the and back then the Jedi, and you can read on if anyone who cares, it's on Wikipedia, and I said Wikipedia, not Wikipedia. Yeah, um, Wikipedia well, is that, has all this. That canon. It is. It is Legends. This is no. So, longer so we canon. don't know. Yeah. So we don't know. But point. in in that lore, they didn't have lightsabers at all. They had steel swords that they imbued with the force. I was hoping you were going to say proton packs. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Across the street, anyway, bro. is it time for a, a, a refill? It is time for a refill. No, 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 no. Wait a second. So they had oh, like wow. broadswords and crap and laser guns? Is that what they had, yeah. basically? No it's laser like guns, that. just broadswords. So they were not even they space-bearing. Got- this is like pre-space flight. They did have space fight, but just no lasers. I know you think they have to coexist, but they didn't. <laughs> well, no, but they but they must. <laughs> they have do they have ion cannons? Uh, oh gosh, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'll, well, you know I'll, what? I, I will think pull actually, the article and I will send it to you guys. Actually, and if anyone's interested, it, hit me up on Twitter. Come to think of it, actually, I, I gotta say, I think in Dune, it's like that where they have space flight. Yeah, it is. It but is. they don't have like laser guns. They're they're what? I mean, mm. la- well, well, laser weapons in the in the Balerian Jihad. 
Oh, laser, 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 laser weapons are like extremely unstable and hard to control. Mm-hmm. They don't even have AI because they're scared of machines. So like, yeah, exactly. allow, which I think is still true even in the new Dune series. They still don't have AI because of what happened to the machines. Like, they don't, yeah, because that's they why they have, have AI. The men, that's why they have the Mentats because they're the human computers. Yeah, which okay, because they can't. They're, they're not, they're, they can't have AI. Like AI is like not to be followed. Anyway, guys, the, the, the Mentats are human computers that are built. To basically, they're they're trained to be like uh, to head the assassins and the spies and and talk about strategies and all that jazz. Well, yeah, I mean, like if you have a, if you're developing technology, you give them all your problem, and they're literally like human calculators that they solve all the theorems all and the, the problems, and, the and then probabilities and of what and happens. They, all the different they options. run your simulations, but it's all like in on paper heads. and stuff and in, in their heads and in their minds in their heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway. Anyways, all right. So, are we good, guys? Are we good to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, all right. you know what? Right, cool. No, 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 no. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of those, and this is going to be a very. I don't want this to be a long conversation. Just a question for you guys. On the topic of the High Republic, so you guys today sent me some pictures of the yes. new comics that came out. Did they come yeah. out today. They came out yesterday. They came out yeah. yesterday. The High Republic. I knew you were going to bring this up. All right. Go so ahead. here's the thing. <laughs> you sent me multiple pictures. Uh, the guys of the different comics, and I'm yes. assuming I, now I figured out from what, something you guys said those are variant covers of the same issue. Yes, they are. Yeah. And be- wait, just, wait, okay. no, 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 okay. no. I can explain. I can explain. But go ahead. And say. then, and then, <laughs> and again, I'm I've been out of the comic book game for a long time, <laughs> but I zoomed in on the price tags. Oh my god! Yes. I knew it. <laughs> you know how much I paid. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, how, much I, how much both, and, and I'm like, I saw like, whole, and I'm not going to say the, the high price I saw, Derek. Sixty nine ninety nine. That one wasn't right. there. Otherwise, I would have bought it, Derek. Don't I'm worry. Like, I'm not hating Derek. Okay, I fine, totally done it. $70 for one issue of a comic or 60 And I was like flabbergasted when you showed me, and when I saw yours, Bebo, and it was like $16. <laughs> I'm like, 16 bucks for a comic. And then Derek goes, oh, really? Hold my beer. And then like, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, so let me let me explain to you. Okay, so I know you've been out of the I get, game. For I guess a while. it has to be with, with rarity, but sweet yes. merciful crap. Invisible hand of the economy. I get it. You I you really you really have no idea. Okay, so just to give you an update, right? So when it, and people out there, you probably know if you're into comic books, you understand this. Goody's been out of the game, like he said, for a while. So I want to make sure he's aware. So when a new comic book comes out. Usually, and not even new. Some even during the series run, they usually make variant covers. They bring in guest artists, and they bring a variant cover. It's the same story within this that issue. It doesn't matter what's going on inside; it's the outside that counts. And so, what they do is they create variant covers, and the variant covers. You are literally on, judging this comic book by its cover. Yes, you are, because it depends. Because each cover has a certain amount that they print, and so when they print the cover, that's it. They're not going to print anymore. If it's a second edition of that print, it's like nothing. It's basically cover price. It doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all it is. But if it's a first, if it's a first printing of a variant cover of, let's say, an Alex Ross. Okay, which I have an Alex Ross Eternals variant of Eternals number one that I bought yesterday. I'm. I don't think it's worth that much, but I liked it because I love Alex Ross's art. It's also a taste thing. But with the High Republic, they have a whole mess of different variants. And with the Star Wars specifically, 
they have a ton of variants in a lot of different issues. Some of the variants that I thought was always really cool with Star Wars is that they actually do the the toy figure covers, where it looks like the Star Wars toy figure that you would buy like at Target mm-hmm. of the of the single action figure, and it's the, it's that it's that that character. It's hilarious. But either way, so I think. But no, no, but but just to give you an understanding of what we're talking about here, sometimes they bring in people like let's say uh, like about two years ago, Paul Picasso, no, no, Angelo. <laughs> close, close enough. Close Leonardo enough. So, da Vinci. So about about three years ago, there was a uh, there's a uh, they did on eight on um, on Marvel. Uh, uh, they brought in an X Men team, okay, and it was called X Men Gold, which would have been the X Men Prime team, which is Kitty Pride, Logan. After Wolverine had died, it was Logan. It was Beast. It was like the A team of X Men because they had X Men Gold, X Men Alpha, X Men Beta, whatever. But the X Men Gold team. Was don't, like the, don't talk about X Men Omega. It's like ooh. no, 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 no. Who the hell that is? That's probably Squirrel Girl. Anyways, so <laughs> oh my god, Anyways, please make I'm a point. Is, what I'm saying is X Men Gold. They brought out like ten variant covers of X Men Gold, but one of the variant covers was a uh, Jim Lee X Men variant uh, black and white cover sketch cover. Okay, and they were selling that one. Granted, I didn't buy it. <laughs> I would have loved to, but I couldn't afford it. They were selling it in the comic book store. If you're in Houston, Bedrock Bedrock City Comics, amazing comic book store. All day long, they're incredible. All day long, they're incredible. But they had four copies because that that issue they only had. Uh, Marvel only printed like 200 copies. Period. That was it. They had four copies in the store. For $2,000. And guess what? So People bought them. Sold that night, dude. Yep. Two grand. All four issues. Sold. So those people definitely have deeper pockets than I do. Yes. That, they got stepping out money. Yeah. As they um, say. <laughs> so I think I, – I, I, I don't I, – I've only heard of the High Republic first issue having five variants. The fourth one – as the one I could not get a hold of. It has Yoda on the cover, and that's the one, obviously, I'm most disappointed about. It's a but, younger, more spry Yoda, if you ever remember the image. I think it's the image. Yeah. It's just him, no cane, holding his lightsaber in like a fighting stance. Is that the one Although I'm thinking I don't of? Think he ever, I don't think he ever really needed the cane. I think that was more well, of a, I don't know, man. I saw Return of the Jedi. Uh, <laughs> cane, real maybe, bad. Maybe, maybe Return of the Jedi was a different story, but I think, like, I think he never really needed the cane per se. Well, if you think about the High Republic... I think it was a crutch. What is it? It's it's uh, sixty years plus two hundred, so he was give or take what five hundred and change, five six hundred and change. Yeah, it was nine hundred thirty. So I'd say he was about yeah, yeah. no five eighty. Couple centuries taken off his life. He's uh he's good there. Yeah, a little younger. He's a little more. He's like in his thirty. He's like in his forties or fifties. Like he's midlife. It's not even yeah. like a little older. I mean, we, we, I mean, the only people who know his species is Dave Filoni and George Lucas. So, hey. So the funny thing, I doubt that they even know. They probably just decided not to. They well, probably no, George, just decided George, to share. George yeah. has a species. No, George has a species name. And the only person he's told is Dave Filoni. Ooh. Well, so, yes, you saw correctly. I did pay both $20 or $15 or $17. And then the last one was $69. And, uh. The funny thing is that uh, money well spent. Money I went, well spent. Eric. 
I went on my lunch break to go and buy them today. The day after it came out, I called 10 different comic stores in the Dallas area. Only one of them had any of them. And they had these four and they would only hold it for me for an hour. So I had to quickly drive the hour to get there and buy them. And the funny thing is my wife was there with me and I was like, you know, I looked at her for advice, like how much should I spend on these comics? Which what I meant was I'm going to buy the first three, but should I buy that last one for 70 bucks? And uh, she goes, I think you ought to get them all. She didn't even hesitate. And I was like, well, I'm not even going to argue. I just bought them. You know what? That's a winner, bro. Betsy's a winner. Wait, wait, there's more. (laughs) We get home and I finish work for the day and she's off today. So I walk into the living room and I was like, looking at the comics, I was like, man, this is so cool. I'm pumped. I'm glad I bought it. And she goes, well, are you going to open it? I'm like, no, of course not. I can read it online. (laughs) I'm not touching these things. I just spent $150, $140 on all these. Human oil, not touching those pages. But wait, it gets worse. She goes, yeah, but I mean, are you sure you can find them all? And I was like, no, these are all the same, babe. They're they're the same comic. They just have a different cover. And she goes, are you shitting me? Did you spend $69 on a fourth copy of the same damn comic? And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's why I asked. And she goes, oh, if I knew that, I'd have said hell no. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Uh, Yep. Yep. I yep. retract my further my, my previous statement then. Yeah. I mean no, you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm not mad. Because I think you know, you know what? I would have done the same shit. Do it, bro. Let's Did you do read it. it? Did you read the issue? Hell fuck no. You're kidding me? I'm gonna buy that shit on Kindle. Oh, dude, you need to read it. It is so good. It is a good <laughs> issue. I'm gonna buy it on Kindle, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> yes. Please. Anyways, all anyway. right. So uh, now that we're done with this conversation, Goody, unless you want to talk more and shit on variants. No, no, I'm good. I'm I'm just going to – now I know I should buy comics on Kindle so I can read them because that's what I'm going to be doing, doing them for. Yeah, you can do that on Kindle or Comixology. That's what Marvel has all their comics, dude, Comixology. But yeah. but it's on Kindle, isn't there? I mean, Star Wars yeah, comics. On on- yeah, yeah, they're on Kindle. They're on Kindle. Most comics now are Kindle, dude. You can buy them on Kindle. Obviously, I'm, I'm like I'm like the old, a boomer. Oh, <laughs> internet? Oh, what internet? The, the interwebs. Did you say Kindle? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I love candles, scented candles, soy based beeswax did you, candles. Did you? Did you? Did you purchase? Where did you purchase your motorized carriage? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> where, where are the horses on your carriage? <laughs> All right, you we gotta go. It's time All to right, refill. Right, time for a refill, guys. So at this point, yeah, as always, in this episode, we do what we call our bio break or our refill, as we like to say. It's time to shake the dew off the lily. All right, so go piss, go shit, whatever you need to do. Refill, get your new glass. We'll be back in uh, about 30 seconds. Peace. Okie dokie, I got to take a piss. If you saw me, I downed that whole bottle of water, dude, like nuts. I sent you the photo of them dueling with their... I saw that. You're on mute. I I can't hear you. I saw that, and I look at that picture right away, and I'm like, okay, so we have various different species, uh, no space flight, but fighting with, as I said, force-forged swords. You st- and I love how, like, <laughs> at some point, the, the Jedi and the Sith have a meeting going, okay, so you guys were all black, because, like, you're the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll wear, like, earth tones and stuff. Yes, light 
totally Browns. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Wait, they had, right, they had space travel, I thought. Does it say that? It well, I don't know. No, I don't know, but like, but they I have, more, but that picture has multiple species on it. So, unless yeah. that one planet has a very diverse eco ecology, which it could, I mean, Earth does, but um, that's a lot of different species in that picture. But I love how the Sith guy still has a dual bladed Force Forge sword. And he looks very Maul like. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they got really creative when they did this book, which I don't even know if these books are even what canon book anymore. Um, it's uh, the, the book, Jedi book and the Sith book. The Jedi, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, it comes in the set, and then I have the the bounty hunter code. Yeah, I'm Je- Jenny, that they'll do a Mandalorian one. Jenny, Jenny gave me that once for for like my birthday. So the whole the box has the whole like you have to put in the 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 the, the, um, the combination, and it opens up. Oh, yours is different than mine. This is all mine is. It's just a little thing. Oh, no. Mine is like, it's like a whole combination. It's sort of like Boba Fett's like little box. And it's like, do, do, do. You press the button, it opens oh, up and it slides I open. I did. I know what you're talking about. Those things are it cool has, as fuck. Cool. I wish I had that. Actually, come to think of it, I should probably look at it because I hope, oh my God, I don't think I took out the batteries. So I hope it doesn't have like battery acid on, it, on all, all inside of it. That would suck. I mean, I'm sure it, it, I'm going to check it like tomorrow. Because if it if it can wait ten years, it can, it can, it can wait, wait one now. more day. But yeah, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go refill, man. We're back on our episode Do of <laughs> Movies on the Rocks, <laughs> and uh, as, as 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 always, um, we have come back from our uh, refill break. And uh, I wanted to ask a quick question: Have you guys changed your drinks at all, or are you going with the same? Not at all. I'm with the same. Chairman's Reserve. Actually, I just killed the bottle, so now I can go looking for something else. But yes, nice. Chairman's Reserve. What about you, Derek? Um, well, Zima? I, I didn't change the drink. Man, I've never enjoyed Sema in my entire life. And you guys keep making that joke. And Wait, you've tasted way. it, though. You haven't I enjoyed have it, but you Zima. Yes. never I've have tasted I tasted Zima in my it's life. The worst. I, I honestly have tasted it, and it's just literally Sprite. It makes Keystone look like a 70-year-aged <laughs> whiskey. Never okay. never had Keystone either. I don't even know what that is. Have you ever, have you ever had, um, have you ever had um, what's it called, um, Natural? Oh, no. no, sir, I have not. Don't. Oof. Natural ice? For a short yeah, no, period of my never life, had it. I lived yeah. in, for a short period of my life, I lived in Houston, and some of my friends were... Natty light. Uh, let's say honky-tonk, for, for, to, be, to be as polite <laughs> as possible. exactly what it is. It's a honky And we were all probably not old enough to be doing what we were doing. And White trash not. bar. And that's where it's I trace. Awesome. Like, there's a ranking. There's a ranking. There's... At the bottom of the barrel, there is like Budweiser, Bud Light, mm. and as you go down is Keystone and and Zima and what about PBR? What about PBR? What about PBR? PBR is not terrible. I've not even tasted PBR. Never had that either. PBR is actually pretty good. I don't, I don't dislike it. It's, I don't want it, but if it's around and it's all there is, I'll drink it. It's all right. But if they offered you, let's say, if they offered you Calpis and Natty. I, no. I drink Calpis. Calpis is good. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Compared to Natty Light. Yeah. <laughs> it's a butt. That's literally, okay. Because that's literally just like yellow water. That's basically what you're drinking with Gross. Natty Light. Uh, so Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please, something that's not awful. All right. All right, no, no. But I, I actually, ch- uh, did you change your drink or you're going with the Kool-Aid and vodka, dude? I just went up to a 32 ounce because we're about to talk about Star Wars and I expect Good. us to be here for a while. Oh, shit. All right. So what I, I actually changed, I went uh, from La Kraken with Coke Zero. I went from there to uh, Flor de Caña con Coca-Cola Zero. Uh, okay. So I anyone went, anyone who doesn't speak Spanglish, so, that was Flor de Caña yeah. and Coke Zero. Yeah. you know, oh, okay. me, That I one was hard to translate there. Derek, did you have to like... Was your, were you were you like your brain was like working overtime? You put the heat of manufacturing in your brain as you were trying to translate that for us. I was running out of synapses. Okay, I think that means flower of the cane <laughs> or cane flower. I mean, yeah, flower oh, with, with the. I think I think you said Coca Cola. Can can we please <laughs> zero? All right. So, so all right. So as we said before, this episode we're going to be discussing uh, the, um, the the Return of the Jedi. Quick, quick. It was good. It did really well. <laughs> it did really well. All right. So we're going to go into it. Let's just jump right into it. We're not really going to discuss per se, the per specifically the scenes maybe, but we're going to talk about the motion picture. But because of that aspect, we'll just go ahead and do a quick, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, really, I mean, really. You had what almost 40 years to watch it basically yes so the, the, if i say i'm not even going to say spoiler alert even though i just did say it we're going to be talking about the movie we will be just, talking about spoilers at some point exactly let's just, let's just go a quick synopsis uh after a daring mission to rescue han solo from jabba the hud the rebels dispatched to endor to destroy the second death star meanwhile luke struggles to help darth vader back from the dark side without falling into the emperor's trap boom Thank you, IMDb. We appreciate your participation. Thank you, IMDb, and thank you, Tom Benton and Travis Brainerd, who apparently wrote that synopsis, which is probably the best synopsis I've ever heard for Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Outside yeah. of the back, no, video. no mention of space teddy bears. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> probably rightfully so. Those are a great part you of the what? Those Ewoks. Dude, I. Oh my god. <laughs> I could okay. go on and on about their music. I know you could, and uh, probably will. <laughs> uh, he is. He's doing it. He's doing it. Uh, All right. <laughs> All right. So, how do you want to start this off, guys? Because we can okay. talk about. You know what? Thoughts. So, Thoughts. this movie, this movie, because, uh, you know, as a lore guy, you always worry about time and how long. This movie takes place one year, about a year after Empire Strikes Back. Four years after uh, A New Hope. Yes. So so there's that. Um, there's a lot of things in this movie. And I was actually talking to Derek about this off the air. <laughs> and um, oh, 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 oh. and um, now, one of the things I thought about this movie was that, because it's been a long time since <gasps> I've seen these films. <gasps> Sorry. Okay. Um, and one of the things about this movie is be, like lo- looking at this movie, watching this movie, and now with all like the stuff I know that's canon and all that from the new series and comics and things like that. Um, and it's there's so much of this film that obviously this movie came out, I think it was 83 or 84. 84. Yeah. It was directed by George Lucas, of course. We always say that, and it came out in 1983. Yeah. Uh, directed by Richard Marquand, sorry, yeah, written by Richard Marquand. 
with a story by George Lucas. It made talk. We're talking about the budget. It made um, what's it? What's the numbers here? It made a budget of thirty two point five million dollars, which is according to to the inflation rate. If we talk about the inflation, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. (laughs) back then. In opening weekend, it made twenty three million nineteen hundred nineteen thousand eighteen dollars. It's Domestic total gross was 309, 306, 177, which in now in today's dollars is 814, 381, 614, and two cents. Okay. okay. So it is made there- a, 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 a worldwide, oh, worldwide it made uh, 475, 176, 177 dollars. And in uh in today's dollars, that's 1.25. Why aren't you saying million? Why aren't you saying million? Because I'm going through the numbers, I don't give a shit. Anyways, but yes, go forward. Go ahead, you know, <sighs> continue. I don't even know what happened just now. But anyway, um, what I was getting at uh, was that this movie, obviously, this movie, this movie, when it came out, it's the third in this trilogy, right? He had a concept for episodes one, two, and three, uh, which didn't come out until later, obviously, much later. Uh, And also, believe it or not, he did talk about, at least in the, the, the video cassette versions, behind the scenes thing we saw. But he actually had a concept for seven, eight, and nine as well, which obviously Disney did whatever they want with it. But that was part of his original plan was to make a total a, a nine movie, nine episode arc of the nine episode arc of the Skywalker family or whatever. Um, anyway, the point is watching this movie now with all the lore that I know now. It's all canon. The movies included. There was like more than one very there were multiple times i'm watching it and i'm like okay that had to be retconned that had to be retconned that had to be retconned because mm-hmm. with all the new stuff that we know now quote unquote new plots and all of that and character developments and events and stories so much of what's being instead of that movie it's inconsistent and they had to like make it work so that give, us, give us an example Goody. give an example well, uh, for example, when he talks about um, Han, and, Han and Leia's love, that that wasn't on the original docket. Like the, the, the first, if you look at the first movie, there's no indication of any love interests, and, uh, and Lucas hadn't even decided upon who, um, if if Han and, and Leia were going to be an item. But it comes in strong for this the second film, right in Empire. Well, I know, and well, one and one other thing I was thinking about, uh, which wow, now I can't remember. I, let, me, let me consult my notes on what had to be retconned. Um, well, no, the um, when he's talking about Darth, and there's a part when when Luke discovers. Oh no, now I know, now I know, now I know. Uh, they have to kind of explain or have to figure out why is it that Luke, who has not been to Dagobah since Empire to visit Yoda and yet in that year he's gotten so powerful but who's been training him right yeah. like who's been training him all this time and now he does the the Jedi mind trick and he does all this stuff but who's been training him and he's like and he's clearly super confident in what he's doing like he threatens Jabba the Hutt which you don't do and then like he's super confident and I'm like Who's been who? Who has been training? And then he goes to see me. You know, he runs in, goes to visit Yoda, right. and Yoda's like, you know, no more training. You require all this stuff, and I'm like, well, how? Why? Who, who yeah. taught him this? Who helped how you? Do, how does he do all this stuff? That he 
And of course, we don't know. I mean, maybe there, maybe, well, I don't know. That's another thing else. I don't know. And maybe in one of the other extant sources, they go into that a little bit. But he is really good, really strong in a year when you quote unquote ret- when the, with the retcon, what he can, what he has developed in a year, Jedi take decades to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless, of yeah. course, you're Ray, who can do a Jedi mind trick with, with no training whatsoever or even belief in the Jedi. But there it is. I mean, I'm not going to go. Up. That was one of my own problem with the new movies. But you know, well, but isn't she one of those? Uh, gosh, what is it called? It's not a. It's not a divergence. It's a die something. Convergence. No, no, it starts with die. Uh, I've heard. Well, her and Kylo know. Ren or something. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know like what? Like, no. <laughs> okay, so I'm just saying let no. Me, let me actually let me actually say this go, because. Um, I said it on the last episode, I'm fairly certain, but, um, for the, in preparation for this episode, I watched all of the star Wars movies, all 12 of them. And don't, there there are nine, two, there's three trilogies. Plus you've got, uh, rogue one, you've got, uh, solo. And then I'm forgetting. Oh, the clone wars movie. Um, and I watched all 12 of them. And I watched it and, and, and this is the part that really got me. Um, I, I've seen all of these movies before. I, I, I've intently watched these movies at least the first time, but every time that I've seen them since, including Return of the Jedi, I've, I've watched it so many times, but every time I've watched it after the first time was to share it with someone else, watch it with them. And, I, and, and then for those instances, I wasn't watching the movie again. I was watching them watch the movie with me. And so I, I realized that I've never watched them all the way through in order for myself, just for me alone, just to soak it up. Right. And so much of it, I, I, I originally, I was the, I was that person who didn't like the prequel trilogy because Jar Jar was terrible and so many other things were just like, why did you do this? That doesn't you make any sense. You just bought into the, 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 the nerd rage, I think. You yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I, was, I was pissed off about, um, and I, I still kind of hate how Anakin was a crybaby, but beyond that, I mean. bad me. Yeah. Bad me. And I'm going to impress you by slicing a pear and throwing it at you with the force. Um, yo, wait, wait a second. Hold on a minute. That would be awesome. Are you kidding? Who would not love that? I would okay. love that. I'd be like, yes, Anakin. Look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't like boys. And, and Anakin, you can insert your lightsaber in me. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm married. And the things that I would do with the force are things like I left the kitchen light on and I'm in bed. Hey, not click. getting out of bed. Okay. <laughs> but I, would be, I would be like 500 pounds. I'd be like, boo. I'd be like, <laughs> The war, like the the next the, the like, Warcraft, the war with the Warcraft guy in South Park, <laughs> like because like you would, be, would, you would be like Jabba the, the, the you'd be the hut the hut species version of force, but like but like in the like the brown Jedi robes, but I'd be like really gross. there you like, go, there you go. Ah, I'd be super lazy. Ah, oh, and because ah, because oh, I've never oh my god okay because I've never watched I'm imagining a Jedi wait wait a Jedi hut. There had to have existed once. I mean, there was a Jedi Mandalorian. I mean, oh point. my god! I want a slug-bodied oh, guy in Jedi robes. Mabuki. Oh, oh, that is choice. There was even a Tusken Raider Jedi, at least in the Legends series. 
Yes. There needs to be a hut. Je- oh. Oh, God. Disney, yeah, right. That's a gold mine you're sitting on. The Adventures of Jedi the Hut. Copyright movies on the rocks. Go, go, Derek. Sorry. Okay. So the point I'm making is I hadn't watched these movies in order um, so that I got a seamless transition between the movies as the movies were, they were kind of written to to obviously fit together, to work together. And and there are some areas where they don't, right? But um, I hadn't ever kind of really soaked it in, taken it all in. And the funny thing is, is I was already a huge fan. I was already deep in the weeds before I had this thorough of an understanding of what the movies were really presenting. And so the way I, I keep thinking about it is it's, it's, and this is a little bit dark, but it's kind of like getting addicted to alcohol by smelling alcohol and then decades later still enjoying like loving the concept of alcohol but never having partaken it and the one time that you take a sip you're like oh shit there's so much more right and so now i've watched it's like candy it's a girl drink (sighs) okay so my point is i have I watched them all, right? And then I started diving in like, what shitty Star Wars TV show can I find that I haven't seen? And I'm getting into like, um, gosh, what is that one I've been... The the, the droids Resilient? one? No, no. Re- the Ewok Adventure? No, Resilience or something like that. It's like Resistance. a kid's show. Resistance. Resistance. That that's, the one, that's the one that Bebo thought was awesome, by the way. It's good. Okay, it is a child show. It, it, oh, it is. It is. It's not. It is not. Okay, so I can. I feel like whenever I saw Clone Wars, it it is a kids show. Don't get me wrong, but it has overarching themes that adults identify with, understand that kids aren't going to pick up on. Resistance does not. It is all kid themes. It is don't steal, be on time, don't think you know what you're doing, listen to your parents. Right. That that is that is basically the lessons that I picked up in the first eight episodes. And, it, it, and, and I think the reason behind that is because it's an XD show. Oh, yeah. So was, Rebels. So, so was Rebels. And I think Rebels got more mature as it went on. Absolutely. Rebels. But, but so, Resistance was a Filoni show. And he wanted to make it more of a kid's show with that one, I think. Well, and Rebels, Rebels absolutely does bring up some very dark uh, adult concepts, right? And I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of holding out that Resistance will do that. But I'm, I've gone so deep in the weeds now. I'm reading Star Wars. Like... <laughs> I went on to Wikipedia and I pulled up something I was interested uh, something I, I, I didn't a phrase. I was reading the book and I didn't know a word, what they were talking about. So I looked it up online and then you're reading the article and you get about halfway through and you're like, oh, here's something I don't know. Oh, open no. tab. And oh, then you no. read something that you don't know. And then you, well, okay, open tab. And I'm about 12 tabs deep before I realize, <laughs> okay, I understand that. And you slowly close them all back out. Into the rabbit hole. Oh man, I am so deep right now on this freaking Star Wars trip. All of a sudden, he's hearing the White Rabbit from the airplane. One. All all of a sudden, he hears the White Rabbit. Get out of here, bro. This is my (laughs) hole. Get out of my hole. The rabbit's asking you to get out of his hole. I'm late for a very important date. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Derek, get out of his hole. Okay. So I am. I am. Did you feel it? Did you feel his hole? Do we have to? Do we have to? Every time. What are you talking so, about? I'm talking about the rabbit's hole. My point. Please. <laughs> Do it. Your point is, I'm sorry. Which point? The one in the rabbit's hole? 
Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, that's all we have time for tonight, everyone. Enjoy the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that was it. It was good. Go watch it. Goodbye. Death Star, Death Star go boom. Bye. <laughs> I want to talk like, what's his Spoiler name? Alert. What the, the guy with um with the guy with uh, Lando Carusian? Nian Noomb, I think. I, I never know how you say it, but Nian yeah. I don't have no idea how to say his name. I fuck around, dude. I love you. No, your point was 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 this what? My point was that you get to see how, as you mentioned, the lore is heavily considered. Right? They retcon, they reestablish, they reaffirm all these things that, like, like when you look at the. The trilogy and you know he says luke obi-wan is your father and it turns out that they had to re-record that to say that oh, did you not know that yeah so that was the line that that the guy who played that, darth that vader was the original line. that was the original line yeah han was the only one uh, uh mark hamill was the only one who knew what was actually going to be dubbed in and it was going to be luke i am your father obviously but that that's the only like that's the first time you hear it, right? That's the only time that that first time that concept has come up, and um, it, you you look back at the prequel trilogy, and it entirely is built on reaffirming and establishing and building that to make it a smooth transition, and it makes it so much more solid and and believable as you go through all these series until you get to the sequel trilogy, and. I was also one of those people who was like, this is bullshit. Somehow she has more force power with two sabers, right? Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Look, look, listen. I mean, I will be honest with you. The sequel trilogy was cool. It was cool because of the aspect that it, it honestly it fed a lot, which is the whole point, which is one of the things I'm kind of disappointed in is that after the fact, during the movies, I was so happy because we got new Star Wars stuff. But with the sequel trilogy, after the fact, I've, I've, I've just realized that J.J. Abrams was just literally giving everybody fan service except and you can fight me on it i don't care i will fight tooth and nail i'll bite fingertips off i will bite people in the face i do not give a shit for me my top three star wars is empire it is um uh, rogue one and it is um the last jedi i think last jedi is one of the most amazing stories for the simple fact that Ryan Johnson took the information and made something so new that people were so upset because the whole aspect that Ray was actually nobody, which I actually was very happy about because like when we first met Luke, Luke was a nobody. Who the hell knew about Anakin Skywalker at that point? Yeah, George Lucas knew about it, but no one else knew. Luke was a nobody, some orphan on a planet in the middle of nowhere. So Ray was somebody who gives a shit. If she was nobody and her parents were nobody, I don't care. I was more than happy with that. I wanted to know about I knew I wanted to know more about Broom Boy. That's what I wanted to know about. You know, because the whole aspect that the only reason that she's so powerful is because she's Palpatine's this clone's daughter. I mean, that's but, such okay. a, a so, little I, well, to, the, to that end, for my 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 thought on that was that I wish they had not made her that, only because yeah. I like I was I was kind of hoping that I was like, is everyone just the offspring of someone from the original trilogy? Like, why couldn't she have come from out of nowhere? And I I, I like the idea of her being out of nowhere, which supposedly people hated that idea, which is why when they brought in Abrams for the third one, um, they kind of like, 
Well, they their version of retconning, which is not I mean, yeah, they basically make it. Oh, she has to be connected to somebody, and it's Kylo Ren was lying to her or something. Yeah, which I think was it. That's what I thought was so stupid because I thought there was such a good thing happening with it. They, they could have gone so far with the storyline, and and that's what I, the, the, that's when you're asking with with which what you're saying, Derek. It's just like there's some the, the, with the storyline, there are a lot of things that they could have expanded on, and and continued with the story, but it's just, it, it, JJ was because he wanted to put a, put just a, just a, like a, a period on the Skywalker saga. He didn't go any farther than that. And that's what. So here's, here's the thing though, because I was in that same, I was in that same boat. And when you watch the sequel trilogy back to back to back, and, and it's the only way that I think that this comes across it makes a lot more sense. It sounds a lot more legitimate. All of the tropes that are really far-fetched and Star Wars fans just say, well, that's bullshit. Why does she need two sabers? Blah, 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 blah. You know, she dies, but he can bring her back and now he's dead, blah, 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 blah. If you watch them back to back to back, they build on it so much and it, it it makes it more legitimate in the same way that the prequel trilogy built Anakin into Vader for the sequel trilogy, you you didn't need it as much, right? You, you have the you have the original trilogy. We believed that Vader was was uh, Luke's father, right? And and that's all fine, like. But to reaffirm it, we have the prequel trilogy. When we look at the the sequel trilogy, they almost only make sense as one movie. All three of them as one movie, because when you watch them in that sense, that that, that sequence, it builds in a way that actually makes it feel more solid, more believable. You know, the whole, I still was trying to find the term and I can't remember what it is. It's like divergence or whatever. What, what Ray and Kylo Ren were from the force, they were something, they, they were actually the, um, the, the whole end of the sequence is that they were the ones to bring balance to the force. They thought it was Anakin. They were wrong. It was these two. It was the pair that had to be born. But then, of course, then you have the no. last of that. <laughs> <laughs> but then here's the thing. Here's what, here's what I think is just more bullshit is that, and, and like I said, you can find me on it, whatever you want, is that, you know, Kylo is a Skywalker. It's the whole aspect of everything happens because it's a Skywalker. He's the most powerful being. And I just think that's just bullshit. Him and Palpatine are supposedly, I guess, the most powerful force beings ever, supposedly. Like, I mean, how is that even possible? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he's the most powerful ever. But. No, but I guess they, they make it seem like that, you know? Like, like everything is all about the Skywalkers and the Palpatines. Like, well, I think that was just Disney being a little bit too afraid to go too and far then, into and the weeds. Wanna, exactly, which is, which is one of the things that pissed me off is because I thought, honestly, The Last Jedi, if you look at, you know, I know we always say Rotten Tomato score doesn't really add up to much, but of the trilogy, the Rotten Tomato score for Last Jedi is the highest of the three of the, of the sequels. I think it's like, I'm, I'm going to look it up, but I think it's like in the 90s, dude. It's like, it's a high. Well, so, I, mean, I mean, but, but I kind of thought the same thing Johnson, whenever we by had... By the way, Ryan Johnson, you are the shit. I ain't gonna when, lie. We had, when we had Hoth, right, in... Gosh, is that Empire? That's Empire, right? Yeah, yeah. Empire. Yeah. Is Empire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when when we had the story that happened on Hoth, and then we had the battle at Crate, 
I was like, well, they're just, it's the same fucking thing. Like it's not snow now, it's salt. So they can have cool outfits and probably be cheaper to just clothe all these cast members. Um, that, that's, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, look, look, they go from one snow covered white planet with a barrier and an old base and blah, blah, blah. And now they're repositioned at the battle of crate in an old base and it's all covered in salt. So it's white, but it's not snow. And I was like, well, they're just reusing all the same ideas. And I think that's kind of why they, uh, I guess whatever their version is of retconning made Ray the offspring to some extent of Darth Sidious. Right. But, um, that's, I, I, I think that with what they have seen is possible with the, the Clone Wars series or with the Mandalorian series or even Rebels for that matter. Um, you know, you can write new stories that touch upon the old lore, but add to the lore with entirely new concepts and characters and planets and species and all these things. And we're still interested and so yeah. that's why they have all these new series now that we've been, we talked about earlier coming in. Right. And yeah, we're hungry for it. We're ready for that because I'm tired of the almost lazy Skywalker. writing, lazy writing that that's Skywalker. Skywalkers that you're tired of. I'm tired of the Skywalkers. I'll be honest with you. Other than just right now with the aspects of the season finale of Mandalorian, which Amazing. I ain't gonna lie. If you guys haven't seen the Mandalorian season finale for season two, I mean, you are seriously fucking missing out. Uh, spoiler alert. Jedi show up. Amazing. But the coolest thing was is the aspect that it was just for like literally the last 10 minutes of the show. Five, 10 minutes of the show is a Jedi. Uh, spoiler alert. Luke shows up. If you haven't seen it, it's there. Watch it. Um, if you haven't seen the reaction videos, those are amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we you know what, whatever. I mean, I was disappointed with that though because because I was, I, 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 you know, I was because not disappointed. The point is too strong work. I, I still I was, loved I was it. Crying like those people. Like I mean, I was happy. No, but. I loved it. Of course, I loved it. But I also was like, this was a missed opportunity. Again, they had to fall on the original trilogy people, which I guess no one expected they were going to go that big, but True. then they did. I, and it's five years after this movie we're talking. Well, we haven't gotten to yet, apparently. But but five years after Return of the, no, it's five years after Return of the Jedi, and and Luke is theoretically already deep into developing his Jedi Academy or start or something. It's because five years is a long time, at least we know from these movies. And so, yeah, I get that he wants to find Force users and all that. But man, they could have like been a big reveal. I mean, obviously. Mandalorian, a lot of non-Star Wars fans have really gotten into it and have enjoyed it as well. That might be a way of like connecting it to them rather than using a more obscure character. But I still wish they had used a more obscure character. Someone like Ezra from from Rebels or if they, or I'll be honest with out, or or even Cal Kestis. I say Cal, I say Cal Kestis. The guy from Jedi Fallen Order. They have an I'll actor. Yes. I know, I, I but... I see his name and I want to give it a, a soft C, so it's like Calcestis. But that like, sounds... like, like Celtic, Celtic. Yes, but they could have used him or any number of other Jedi that like you thought were dead or gone, but no, they're not. They're still around. But here's here's, here's where I think whatever. that's gonna. I mean, I think I think what it was. I think which, it, have... by the way, five years later, now Luke is badass and crushing those those dark those like those 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 bad Troopers, the dark troopers. But at least it's already five years after that. So five years is more palatable to me than one year with no training with anybody. 
Well, at, keep in mind that that five years, he's already started the temple, his new Jedi Academy. He's already probably found the texts that, you know, that, that he could study and get really good at, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Um, but I kind of, I kind of was in the same boat. I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't want Luke to be that thing. And, and we talked about this earlier last week, you know, like, does that mean that Grogu gets slaughtered by Kylo Ren when he tears down the Academy and kills all of the students? Well, I think I we, don't, we, don't know that. We, we honestly don't know if that's the case. So if we're talking about, let's, let's talk about, let's, let's go back to the motion picture. If we're talking about Return of the Jedi, there's a, <laughs> things, there was a few things in the motion picture oh, that- Red, Redconning, back to that, actually, I want to do want to say Redconning. Redconning. I remembered exactly the moment. When he's talking to, when Luke is talking to Obi-Wan's force ghost and Obi-Wan, it's, it's before he reveals that he has a sister. Uh, no, I'm sorry. From a certain uh, point of view. Yeah, the whole from a certain yeah. point of view thing. And it's when he's talking about, oh, when I met your father, he was already a, a, an accomplished pilot. And you're like, you know, you know, you know, a kid. George Lucas was not thinking five-year-old pod racer. All nine, right. Nine, <laughs> uh, nine years old. Yeah, Woody. What, what I'm saying, the point is, you know, he was thinking grown ass man who was like probably either a freighter pilot or a fighter pilot, a shooting dashing, womp rats, shooting womp rats in the, in the desert. A dashing Tati. pilot, not a nine year old pod racer. Yes. Who uses the force to be able to survive pod racing. The but thing. let's retcon and make it, you know what, Derek, you're, you're going to defend it. And no, you no. Can't, it's in def- no, <laughs> it's I'm not going to defend it. Gonna defend it. The, the thing, the thing I've been trying to remember, indefensible. The thing I was trying to remember, a dyad in the force. It's a uh, dyad. Dyad is that what he was? Is that two yeah. sides of the same coin? Well, <laughs> I guess I don't know. I was thinking it was a divergence of the force. It's dyad. It's a dyad in the force. So, okay. But anyway, yeah. But then it's like the retcon is: oh, it's a nine-year-old pod racer and when he says and i tried to i hope i could train him no you took it upon yourself because your master was killed by a badass sith uh yeah. with a dual bladed lightsaber which is still a breathtaking moment when that was revealed um but yeah, 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 yeah. that's cool on, was- oh on naboo with uh senator palpatine whatever and 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 that scene when he was killed in episode one the way that qui-gon was killed it was like oh it's so like anticlimactic Honestly, I was always and I was always like disappointed with the way he died, and of course the way Darth Maul quote unquote died, even though we know he came back in Clone Wars. But the way that Darth Maul died, that was even better. I mean, I love that the way he came back. You mean the way, the way he, he died, died in the first time, like when he gets cut in half by uh, mm-hmm. but um, when when uh, when, when Qui Gon dies, I'm like, you literally got stabbed and you die, pussy. I mean, wow. <laughs> there's so many things about that because the, the the saber went. S- Straight in, right? Straight in and straight back out. Everybody who dies from the lightsaber is usually like a slash across, and that's it. You know, it's like it's like it's like intense. But he just got stabbed with it. Well, that's how Han Solo died. Yeah, but but spoiler alert. (laughs) Quote unquote. Who's to say that Han Han Solo didn't die from the impact of falling into the Star Killer base? Uh, No, that's not how. No, no, dude. Really? No, no, no. Seriously, you don't come back. No, we're not. You don't come back from that. No, no. Next time on The View, we will be discussing that. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's my point. They always do... Well, they started doing this, I think, in the, the prequel trilogy, and it was it's a really cool effect. But anytime somebody dies, you know, the, the saber does something, and the saber makes like a sizzle, 
and it's 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 the blood you know boiling essentially off of the yeah, blade. it's cauterizing the wound as it cuts through you. So why did he not? I mean, I get that a giant hole through your body is not a good thing, but you're immediately cauterizing it. Is there not some kind of extension of timeline that you get a little bit? No, probably not. Because if it goes through and severs your spine, cauterized, it's still severed uh, through your chest cavity. You know, if it goes through your heart. That's paralyzed. That's not death. No, 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 dude. No, no. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Anyway, I kind of (laughs) figured. No. (laughs) I kind of figured that that would be, you know, it's and and it's like conveniently there are characters that get shot. Cauterize his heart and that's not going to be good. No, of course not. Right. But there are characters that conveniently get shot in the arm and that's not lethal. But if you get shot in the shoulder you're dead. Like you just fall over dead. Like you're just like, like how many, how many troopers have armor? Well, and they well we die? don't, we don't know if they die. They just kind of like, like passed out from the pain. I mean, we don't know. We don't know about the, the, the scene afterwards where like they have the guys picking up the bodies or like, Oh, he's still alive. And like taking them and putting them in prison. You know, we don't know oh, what's going on there. Oh God. That reminded me of another thing. Um, anyway, okay, so probably with the movie. No? Hold on, hold on, hold on. One other thing, you know, the whole argument of like, Oh, well the death star blew up and there were people that were just like plumbers and there were people that were like, well, yeah, yeah, of course. But if you watch the sequel trilogy, there's this cool little joke they do where there's like this ship coming down and it turns out that's an iron ironing suits that are being dry cleaned. Yeah. The robots were the dry, were the plumbers. The robots were the the whatever. So no, no one innocent died. They were there of their own will. They they they, they, they no. Nobody just needed money to sign up. They basically it was all droids and so like they did all that that, that kind of random stuff, which makes sense. Which yeah. makes sense. It was droids. Okay, so like we said, back to the movie, the movie that we're actually trying to talk about, even though this is definitely going to be essentially the Star Wars special. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you guys feel about something I noticed, um, having, having watched, you know, four or five and then six, you can see the um, clear growth in quality. And, and I think that's definitely due to money, but also the technology that they developed, right? You've got ILM is now a thing, right? Here, here, here's, before you go into that, let me ask you a quick question, dude. Did you, what order did you do? Did you do chronological on this or did you go machete? So I used to, like before we did this, I would say, if you're going to watch it, you need to watch four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. That's what I would have told you. This time I watched it one through nine. And then for like Rogue One, Solo and Clone Wars, I put those where they belonged in the story as well. And, you know, on the reason I used to say you needed to watch four, five, six first is because they're older movies. There's the special effects are not as good. And I didn't want people to watch this incredible special effects of seat. Well, incredible, right? Talk about Jar Jar. Anyway, it's the good special effects that are on the, the one, two and three. And then, fast forward through four, five, and six because they're old movies. I didn't want someone to do that. And having watched them. The machete, the machete order. What is the machete order? Is it not four, five, six, one, two, three? Okay, so the way machete order, Goody knows, I think Goody, I think he knows about this order, but I don't know if he knows the name of it. So the machete order is you watch four and five. Then you watch two and three, and then you go six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, you can fit in Rogue One, Rogue One, wherever you want. You don't watch uh, episode one at all? What you do is you consider episode one to be a, a one-shot, its own little thing. Yeah, because if you watch that movie, if you, I mean, cons- think, if you think about it, you can, you can, 
the the it, that's an Anakin who's so small. You don't get the dark side aspect of him. He's so little. He's so young, right? Oh yeah. And so it's almost like story. It's like you, you don't have any much bearing in the larger okay. storyline. Like if anime is like an OVA, it's like its own little story, just sitting out there. It's a one shot episode. Just you can watch it if you want to, but it really has no bearing right. on overall story arc. So that's what they call the machete order. Yeah, I mean, if I were to say the only, I think the most important parts of episode one is Anakin thinking that Padme is an angel, and Quagon thinking because you know uh, Quagon has a very different perspective on on his f- function as a Jedi his teaching, his teaching style yeah he's very different well I mean he's he Quagon is written as a person who follows the force the will of the force and if that is against the Jedi order then so be it right and he will help it in its endeavors um Obi-Wan is somebody who is more so on like what's right for the force, even if the Jedi council doesn't agree. Right. And then you get to Anakin. Which who is like goes to the aspect of his teacher. Cause his teacher was the same way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, Quagon and Padme being that angel are really probably the most, I mean, unless you want to count Maul, so that you know what happens when you get to the Clone Wars series, maybe. But beyond that, you're right. I, I never thought about how much it doesn't really have any lasting bearing on the rest of the story. Um, but no, I, I, I watched it in uh, one, two Clone Wars movies, or Clone Wars movie, then three, then I think it was like Solo, Rogue One, or Rogue One and then Solo. Solo then Rogue One. Solo then Rogue One. And then... Yeah, so- all the way through after that. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I, the point I was getting to is um, I, you notice in Return of the Jedi the considerable increase in quality as well as um, production value, you know, and I, I think that that definitely had to do something to do with money, but also there was a lot of technology they didn't have, like that didn't exist before probably well empire really got its first taste of that right all the money that the that four made well i mean i mean if you think about it i mean to make episode four you know george lucas basically had to sell his soul just to get 20th century <laughs> money i mean really honestly if you think about it because i mean when what he got was just the rights like the merch rights yeah. Well, no, he, they, they they got the rights to episode one, but he told them you can't have it after that point. If there's a sequel, I get everything else. You just get the first one. So if you remember, like, so when they bought when when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they didn't have the rights to episode one, episode four. Sorry, episode four. Twentieth Century Fox. They didn't get the rights to episode four until they bought Twentieth Century Fox. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought. No, I thought Lucas acquired that from them before. No, they didn't. 20th Century Fox did not give up the rights to episode four until Disney bought. So if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, but when when Disney Plus first came out, episode four was not on Disney Plus. It was not on Disney Plus. Hmm. It it didn't show up on Disney Plus until, until after... Disney had actually purchased 20th century, 21st century Fox Corporation, which is the actual, you know, the actual company. 
21st mm-hmm. Century Fox is the company that owns all the movies and everything. So once they purchased 21st Century Fox, they got the rights to episode four and then put it on Disney Plus. And they had they owned it at that point. So I guess my next question is, because I don't want to we've already spent an hour on all of this and we haven't talked much about the movie. What did what did you think? Having like gone back to it, because I think Goody, you even mentioned like you haven't seen this movie in a few years at least, and like going back to watch it, was there anything that aside from the whole retconning of the lore that kind of came to mind? I mean, for me, it was. I mean, Goody, I'm sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Goody. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess I guess for me, it's and this is maybe tangential to the retconning. But like seeing these characters and how they're going to be developing and how they are, like when they expand on these characters in the future. Okay, here's actually the example I'm talking about here. Now that we know that Boba Fett's going to have his own series, right, um, on there, I'm watching Boba Fett in this um, this movie very, very closely, right? He's wondering, dead. He's no good to be dead. No. I'm watching. Well, that, that's that's Empire. Get your movies right, but uh, but I'm watching him in this movie, right? The little bit that, that he is in it, and I'm like, first of all, he flirts in this movie because they added stuff to it, right? Because the movies that are canon or the special edition, what they call special edition originally, but now, now and yeah, he's flirting with the dancing girls, right, in Jabba's palace. Alex and the backup singers. Yes, uh, at, before the. Twilight Dancing Girl gets eaten by the Rancor. And uh, did you notice? Uh, for, sorry, oh did you God. notice oh at the, that the <laughs> Did Come you on. notice? That his, up. <laughs> did you notice that his viewfinder switched sides throughout the scenes? Did you notice that uh, eat a dick? <laughs> yeah. But FYI, his viewfinder switched sides, which is Come great. On. Why don't you tell me what you think? Let me hear <laughs> your thoughts. Yeah, you go ahead, and then I'll finish mine. All right, let me let me let me go ahead and talk about. I, I want to speak about the Rancor. I'm just kidding, go Goody. I'm fucking around. I love you, Goody. Well, I had it coming on the Rancor also. Um, but watching, so watching his character, right? So he's flirting with the girls. Um, he uh, he gives that like nod of approval to the bounty hunter that's actually Leia in disguise when the the whole thermal detonator like pull. You see him like a nod, almost like a, in my opinion, you can see his face, but in my opinion, it's like a, like a well played type thing. Like like a lot of respect, bounty hunter to bounty hunter. Like yeah, way to go, buddy. Right. Um, and I'm wondering if we're gonna get any of that in the new series. He's gonna obviously, it's like he's older, but they again not much older. It's only five years. Think about it. It's only five years between this movie and the Mandalorian when we see the Mandalorian. I just hope we find out how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. And I'm assuming they're gonna touch on that. They have to because yes. because people are so, wondering how that is. But it's only five years. Wait, wait. And and um and so like are we gonna get any of that? And then of course I'm like and Bib Fortuna, that's the major doom. I think I have the Twilight guy. Uh, he gets a little he gets a little chunky in those five years, as we saw. Even his tentacles get a little chunky. And then like Boba, you know, kills him. But again, I'm still glad we have this series and how he's now. But like those five years are going to be extremely formative for that character because in Mandalorian, he is you don't get any sense of well, yeah, but like flirtatious guy, like, like, like you watch that and you think, well, that's what it is. You watch him in Mandalorian, like, yeah, it's how he's always been. And then you watch this movie, and you're like, wait a second, 
this guy looks like he can have a little fun too. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously this movie was made long before anything Mandalorian. But I'm I mean, like, oh, Dave Filoni with uh, the first one. Dave Filoni with Return of the Jedi was probably like six years old. So I mean, I mean, who knows? But well, I know, but but but, but like that scene of him with the girls didn't come yeah. into the special edition. Like ninety ninety eight, yeah, because because uh, no, no, it was actually no ninety nine. That wasn't in the original movie. A little thing of him like oh, with the oh, girls yeah. and like kind of flirting with them a little you bit. Or something. You just saw him hanging around the background, basically in the original one. So yeah. I don't know. So something that I I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm torn between because when you think about the original trilogy, my perception of Boba Fett is is the perception that they kind of build, and it's it is one of he's a bounty hunter. He's just a, he's just a he's he's quite literally a head hunter. That is all he does, right? He's yep. just a um, he's a lowly scum of a bounty hunter, and the way that he dies in Return of the Jedi is quite hilarious he's a little bit of an idiot they make a big joke scream total moron and then we get him again in the mandalorian and you're like this guy is back to being he's essentially keanu reeves in john wick right he's he's just a badass he is a sharpshooter he is a headhunter he will not slow down and i don't know man i'm i'm hoping that the new series is going to be that I think that honestly, I think when it comes to Boba Fett, in my opinion, and I don't, I don't think we're ever going to talk about this movie in reality, but and Boba, when it comes to Boba Fett, dude, I think what you have to understand is that look, I love George Lucas. George Lucas, as an overarching producer and a creator of stories and creator of worlds. And, uh, you know, just world building aspect of it. I think he's amazing. I mean, when you go back to Indiana Jones and e- even when he did Red Tails as a producer, where he wanted to do Red Tails, I mean, the stories themselves, the world that he builds is amazing. But when you come down to the aspect of character growth, he's just never been very great with it. I mean, even if you watch some of his older movies like THX 1138, he's not. Amazing when it's it funny comes. to me that you've seen that. Yeah, no, no, dude, I've seen it, and I love THX one one three eight. I, I think THX it's a great flick, and it shows you, you know, what he can do with a limited budget because THX one three eight is a very limited budget. Amazing that he even got Robert Duvall because it was originally a short story that he used at the UCLA Film School. That's how he got into film school. Is he did a short story THX one one three eight, and then he expanded it for the motion picture with Robert Duvall. And it was still very quite low budget as a motion picture. But George Lucas is great at world building. He's fantastic at showing you characters and aspects of what they do. But when it comes to the nitty gritty of the storyline and of expanding on that, it's like case in point, the prequels. I love the prequels. I think they're great. But no, if it's a kid's story, no kid wants to fucking know about trade embargoes. Who the fuck cares about trade embargoes? Nobody cares about a trade embargo. You know? Or super long pod racing scenes. Exactly. We have to have the entire race. Oh, like it's the whole race. The entire race. All the laps. And it's like, we have a full race on here. 
I mean, I mean, what is this NASCAR? I mean, seriously, who cares? That's the thing is that George Lucas, he went like went, as a producer and as a creator of you know uh, uh, the genre and as creator of worlds. Like I said, a world builder. He's fantastic, and he his outlines are amazing. But if we're gonna go into the nitty gritty of just the motion picture and creating and writing the words and everything, I mean, he wrote a new hope and. If you really want to think about it, A New Hope, if you think about it, isn't that great. It's a good movie. It's good. But it's not amazing. Empire Strikes Back was uh, written by, um, I forgot who wrote Empire Strikes Back. Kazdan, I think. Was it Kazdan who wrote it? Yeah, I'm almost positive Lawrence Kazdan wrote it. Lawrence Kazdan wrote it, and he did fantastic with it. And the guy who directed it did a great job with it. And all they did was just work off of what George Lucas gave them as 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 a treatment. And they wrote an amazing story. And then Kazdan wrote, of course, Return of the Jedi. But, I mean, I mean, my point is, is that George Lucas is great as the, as the background figure. But if he gets into the aspect of, you know, the, the film and the script and everything, it just, it loses something with it. You know? I don't know, man. I don't know if, I, I, I... I look at those movies through rose-tinted glasses, and I know it. Thundercats, but I don't want to think uh, it's no Thundercats. It's not that far. Not that far because they're not bad movies. I'm fucking around. They're not bad. I I take off the rose-tinted glasses, and they're still good movies. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm not at all. I think they're fantastic movies. I don't give a shit how old you are. I don't give a shit. I mean, they 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 stand up. That they most still hold their own. They, they do, even if even with the, the the crazy, you know, not great special effects, they do hold their own. The thing is that you, you notice, like especially if you've seen, you know, either I- any of the other six movies that are not in the original trilogy. You know, you look at how those lightsaber fights are more creatively choreographed. They're they're better. They're flat out better. The lightsaber oh, man, fights are so much better. Out. Oh my god! Yes. And, and you know, I I told y'all I went down a rabbit hole. You know the the Clone Wars movie, um, not 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 Episode Two, the one that is the animated Clone Wars movie. Um, I I don't have it. I couldn't find it. I was like, okay, I'll rent it. Couldn't find it. I'll buy it. Can't buy it. You know, the only place on the face of the planet that you're allowed to buy that without going to like a rented movie store is Disney Plus. And if anyone listening remembers, I vowed to never sign up for Disney Plus. <laughs> I already told you I watched the movie. So <laughs> And dude, honestly, I ain't gonna lie, Disney Plus is fantastic. It it works great. It it has a lot of um good Star Wars stuff that I hadn't seen. And I decided to uh just Did you watch the holiday special. I haven't got I don't think the they Lego even- one? It's really funny. I haven't seen it. I thought you were talking about the Ewok or the Droid Holiday Special. The no, one that was really God, cool. that's not on there. B. Arthur. I don't know. Yeah, B. Arthur is in that. She's in it. Yeah, she's in it. So I, I ended up watching a bunch of other ones that are like the making of this and how that transpired and behind the scenes of the original trilogy and blah 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 blah. That saber fight in in New Hope is terrible because the props kept breaking. And and they didn't have a way to choreograph it 
without them breaking and they only had so many takes and they didn't have a lot of money to keep buying these. So you start understanding why that lightsaber fight was kind of limited in what it could do. And I don't know, maybe that, maybe that is, is more of an excuse than justification, but it, it still has, even without the rose tinted glasses, I'm with you, Goody. It's, it's, it's still a great film. It still has great storytelling. It still brings a story to me that I didn't, it, it's not the hero's tale. I don't think it falls into that same trope that every movie comes out with right now. And it's, it's a new story. It, it's not something you expect, especially if it's the first time you've seen it. This is stuff that, you know, gosh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm old enough now. I probably will never have kids, but should I ever have a child, this kind of, we'll definitely see all these movies. And I, I'm, I think they could still appreciate it. Um, I mean, so so here's the thing that the whole thing with this movie is these movies. I don't know if you've if people have never seen um, Kurosawa Samurai Flakes. Mm. I mean, George Lucas was a big Kurosawa fan, and he based a lot on of what he did in this series on Kurosawa's masterpiece called The Hidden Fortress, where you had a, a, a swordsman. Who had to fight against a a a I guess a uh, a noble lord who had a who had a top ranked samurai who wore black armor who was a great swordsman himself, and then on top of that he had a group with him he had he had to protect a princess, and he also had two I mean unfortunately he had two bungling idiots with him which would be considered me on Solo and Chewbacca, but. The only difference was is that you had the princess falling in love with the swordsman, which was played by the great R.I.P. the great Toshiro Mifune. But with that, with that being said, you know he was trying to go with, uh, I guess you could say, his own version of a samurai epic. Mm-hmm. And, well, look at the robes the Jedi and the Sith wear. Yeah, I mean, he was going for that that type of that type of uh, uh, yeah. That's what he was going for. He was like, "Let's bring the samurai into sci-fi," and then of course he's a boomer. You know, he has you know the aspect of World War II hanging around. So the Empire has a whole like you know Nazi motif and and all that going on on top of that. So there's a lot of social commentary that he's bled into his, which was happening a lot in the '70s. You had a lot of social commentary in a lot of the motion pictures that were coming through in the '70s and, and early '80s because of who was directing the motion picture. So I mean, well, it's funny how like they they there's there are tropes. I don't know if it's I don't know if trope is the right word for it, but there's there's familiarity in a lot of things. You know, we talk about how the you know, the Jedi are a lot like a samurai and, and, you know, the, the, the empire and the first order are, I mean, you don't even have to have audio or motion. You could look at stills and it looks quite literally just like Nazi photos from the thirties and forties. Right. And I, and I would say like the first order, they purposely made that up even more. Like if George Lucas was trying to make it a little bit more nuanced, slightly more nuanced, but like first order was all clearly in. meant to be this is a allegory for the nazis like it's almost like uh it's kind of like how uh you're ham fisted in my mind if you if you make a joke sometimes it's like oh that was too soon you know or whatever too too recent and and that's what the original truly was like is like we're we're gonna let you realize it but we're not gonna really blatantly say it but when the first order came along it's like hey look nazis um yeah 
But in on top of that, you look at like they're still doing it, right? There's this level of almost religion that the Jedi have about what they do, the same way the Sith do what they have. And, and it's almost a religion. And now we have the Mandalorian and this is the way and it is another religion. And like they they they, they build upon familiar um it's not a trope. What's another good word for that? Stereotype? I don't know. Anyway, they build on these familiar concepts that, that we immediately ident- identify with. And I mean, people love the idea of uh, samurais and sword fights and now their technology and their lightsabers, which quite literally have a nuclear reactor in their hand. But, you know, here it is. They've got it and they're fighting with it. And somehow it doesn't it has like a perfect taper at the end and it doesn't fade. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. understand the physics of nuclear whatever. But anyway, the point is, I thought that they, they bleed these ideas into it and it makes it feel like you know it before you know it. And so you immediately buy in and you understand at least the concepts pretty quickly, you know? Well, and I think that's why this is these movies are always seen as as space operas, right? Because it goes on those tropes and those concepts that are like so well, they're archetypes is what they're they're working with. They're working oh, with archetypes. Which maybe that's the word you're looking for, kind of maybe. But these archetypes that like are so familiar that um, when you watch it, yes, it's science fiction and yes, it's in space and yeah, the Jedi are space wizards. But at the same time, um, you still buy into it because they, I mean, look at their name. They're called the Jedi Knights. Mm-hmm. Like he used the word knight, right? Yeah. So obviously they look, they, look, they, they look and they talk like samurai, but their name has knight. So it's still pulling in that east and west thing, which is also something else that he's been doing a lot, which combines a lot of east. Like It's like a very east meets west type thing. Yeah, they they echo that a lot. And it's, I don't know. I just, I I have always been very, I don't know. It was easy for me to buy in on the concepts that they were, the archetypes that they were, you know, trying to depict. And and it, it, I don't know, it just makes it almost like, uh, it's kind of like if you go from, driving uh, a right-sided vehicle to a left-sided vehicle. You know, it's like you got the concepts down. You you have the rough outline. You have a good idea of what's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Mm. So anyway, um, is there anything, because I was kind of, I was kind of <laughs> surprised whenever I noticed, um, you know that the scene in Return of the Jedi where they're, it's the Redwood Forest, right? They're going through it. They're, they're humming along, blah, blah, Do you know how they shot that? I have no idea. What do you mean? So the, the speeders, they're going between the trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you how they shot that dude. All right. So it, now, now, now that we're Wait, I think Derek knew how to do it, and he just wasn't going to describe it. Hi, right, Derek. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Derek. I meant I, did, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I actually did. Uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, Derek. I want to I hear you say, I want to hear what your conversation is. They put a, uh, they put the camera guy. Um, he had like a steady cam that essentially would you know stabilize the camera as he walked through the forest. This is in the redwood forest out in California, and he he walked um, a certain pace for like certain number of hours or whatever, and it took a frame every minute. And you convert that into 24 frames, it means that he walked five miles and it was about 100 miles an hour when you sped up the film. And so it naturally looks 
kind of weird, but it pretty much works. You know, if you're not if you're not really watching, you probably will just think it's normal, right? And it, it's it's it was a great idea to a simple problem or a simple solution to a complex problem that I thought was like, wow, that that's that was cool shit. Well, I mean, I agree because like I'm, I'm watching the movie and I, I, I'm like, man, how do they pull this off? Because that's dangerously fast. Here's 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 the thing, is that I don't want people to think that George Lucas actually created that or oh was created. God, no, probably not. But it wasn't. It you, know, you know who created that one? Actually, that 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 camera. Jesus of Nazareth. No. <laughs> although 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 he <laughs> was it Werner Herzog. He, he might have, he might have as my lord and savior. The child. Tell uh, uh, actually, that that camera shot. I'm not even lying. That camera shot was actually created by Sam Raimi. Remember, Goody? He he used it for. Are you sure for, that he was doing the same idea? He had the same. That was the same. That was the same yeah, concept. Okay. Yeah, remember because right. in, in, in in a lot of his movies, Sam Raimi does yeah. that that shot in a lot of his movies, and he's the one who actually created. He did it for the Evil Dead. I mean. Derek would never have seen it because Derek is actually scared shitless of horror movies because he's a big poussois, as I like to say. Not even going to deny it. <laughs> okay. But but in, in The Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead, he had the same shot. Now, granted, it wasn't as fast. They definitely sped yeah, it but up. You, for- but you see it even in um, in Darkman, they do it. Or even Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness has it as well. You see it in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man as well. I'm talking T-O-O 2. Not the number two. God. So, I mean, it, it, there's scenes in Evil Dead where you have the demons, quote unquote, flying through the space and then the camera's going through. And of course, it breaks open. Like, nothing stands in the way of the demons. I mean, everything breaks apart, but you can see the action. And I mean, Evil Dead came out when? In like 75, 76? I don't know. I, guess I mean, I'm, hold on, Evil Dead. What's that? But even still, like, he. I'm he calling created- Fat Check Guy. He created. Are you going to call uh, Mr. Fact Check? Eighty one. Eighty one. So, and they didn't use that camera shot until eighty three with with Last Jet with uh, Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, he created that shot. You know, which was used by. I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but you know the concept of a push pull, right? Like when they they physically move the camera away from the subject while zooming in. Or they yes. physically move it in while they zoom yeah. out, right? It's an incredible yeah. shot. If, you, if you've never noticed it, you should look at it on YouTube. It looks cool. It was, it, Every it happened it, a lot it's incredible. Happened a lot in Quinn of the Dead. Quinn of the Dead. I, uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's an incredible shot. Anytime I see it in any movie, I think it is, it, I can't get enough of it. You can't have too much of that for me. Um, and I'm always curious, like, who did that first? You know? And is, is it, I've always I had a buddy of mine who went to films, uh, uh, film not film school. He went to uh, like like uh, animation, like three D animation and effects, and you know making things, build models, and blow them up, and all that kind of stuff. And he said it was called a push pull. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, it is what it's called. I mean, that that's a great shot. I mean, follows the purposes. Yeah, the scene was fantastic, and the way they did it was great. I mean, they definitely sped up the process, and it was it was amazing just to watch. I love seeing it, and I love the aspect that there's a couple scenes when they're doing the spears where they go under the logs, and it was just fantastic. I was like, this is amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they good. take these really sharp turns, and you're like, man, he's got yeah. really good react <laughs> reflexes, yeah. but it's a it's Craig so who's hilarious. taking a shot every minute. I mean, yeah, it looks great. <laughs> that, that's where the force comes to play with pod racing, as they say. Yeah, but those are scout troopers, so not force anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no, oh, here's the oh. thing though. 
Here's wait, 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 one thing. Those 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 speed those speeder bike scenes. I'll be honest. I, in my notes, looking at it, I thought they were too long. I'm like, man, this reminds me of the pod racing board with the speeder bike. I don't know why. <laughs> but I was like, I was like bored by that. I'm like, oh, speeder bike. So th- this this came to mind, you know, and and I, I feel like they might have touched on it whenever they they did the Clone Wars series, but. Can the can, oh gosh, what is the who are the people who did the clones? What are they called? The people on uh, Camino, Camino, yeah, Not to be confused with Michael Camino, the director, but go ahead. Oh my god, no, no one's doing that, Bebel. No but one. thank you for once again showing us your film knowledge. <laughs> I, you're welcome. Okay, Kaminoans, they can clone people. Why can't they, you know, because they've 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 altered these genes so much to be the perfect soldier. Why can't they make them force sensitive? Why can't they make them well, midichlorian prone? At this point, the empires the empires actually conscripted these people. They're not clones. Yeah, they they, they stopped the clones already. I'm referring yeah. I'm referring back to episode two. Okay, you know I wonder, and I don't know if any and. If this has been already been covered by an obscure novel or comic that I haven't read, but I wonder if there is something about the the midichlorians is sentient on their part, or that well because the clones or well kind of I guess because because it seems like there must be some kind of sentience with the force or something I don't know they talk about the force almost like like it, like it's a has a will of some kind right the will of the force they say that exactly yeah right even though the the the, the it's it, it's interesting it's like it's a weird thing where the force is a spiritual thing mm-hmm. but that can be har- a spiritual energy that can be harnessed by biological agents the midichlorians. And maybe because they cloned, and why can't they clone um, like a Jedi? Well, that's what that's what Palpatine was doing. Well, and that's my point: is why is it that Palpatine could suddenly do it whenever the Kaminoans couldn't do it? You know, maybe because the Kaminoans, their culture, they were like midichlorians. That sounds like pseudoscience to me. That's not real science. Whatever, guys. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe someone has to cover that. Maybe I super science species. We'll stick Maybe. with Django. We'll stick with Django. Well, and Django, but because Django was the order they got, because they make soldiers on on demand, and they make clones on demand. So it's like, if I want, hey, uh, Kaminoans, I need twelve uh, green right. clones with four arms. Uh, they're gonna be all right. Uh, sure, we got that going for you. We'll you next week. Watch. I'm like Amazon shows up and says, like, "Here's my here's your twelve hey. clones with." I mean, Django, Django was honestly just a simple man making his way through the universe. Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then gets his head cut off. Ow! Uh, I, was, I always thought that was funny in, in Attack of the Clones when Boba holds up the helmet and the head just doesn't fall out. I mean, that was just... That just really it doesn't amazing. come out and you're like, really? How is that possible? He, like, Cause, I'm waiting for it just like... Moment when he puts up against his head, it's like the music is is soaring and it's and so plop. Exactly. <laughs> well, you got to think like the the head holds a lot of blood. Like, shouldn't it have been like draining out? I mean, cauterized, like, cauterization, cauterization. Oh, yeah, the minute 
minute the minute a Jedi the, the, the lightsaber cuts through skin, it immediately cauterizes the wound, so there's no blood coming out. That sounds like a budget lie that they made that, up. That was a, I think that was a I think that was a ratings thing actually. I think I read that yeah. once on yeah. it was a way of having it happen without getting the blood because for the ratings. Although although there was if you if you remember in episode one when it was cut, blood did like just like just like like explode in regards to like just like a what episode is this? or whatever episode one when he when uh when darth maul was cut in half there was kind of like a, a spray uh, a mist. mist spray like a mist mm-hmm. of blood that came out yeah yeah and then he was cut in half and that was it yeah but and at that point but that point at that point star star wars like they have they can do whatever they want because like yes you're right you're right you're right printing and, and, and even and and if you look at actually new hope when uh obi-wan cuts off that guy's heart Hand or arm in uh, Masasi Cantina. I yeah. think the limb that fell that fell they show is kind of bloody looking or something. I don't it know. Was. It was a little bit. It was I wonder if the bit. original was because that was another thing. Like watching all these movies, I don't. I, I wholeheartedly believe that um, New Hope that I watched was somebody had literally converted it from laser disc because that's the like only original release, not the. Uh, it, it has to be somewhere in between, dude. I can't figure out what I've tried to look up all the edits and stuff to figure out what version am I watching, and I can't figure it out. It's not the first one, and it's not the special edition, so I don't know what the hell came between that. But well, it, there was also there was also a version that came out for TV, like with like for a case in point, there was the version of the Goonies that came out on television that had the when they leave Mikey's house before they hit the beach, they stop at a convenience store. Which showed only on TV. Like, do you remember this? No, no. Okay. Anyways, there's a version that came out like on television, like for like TNT or TBS, that had them stopping at a convenience store for quote unquote supplies for whatever they were trying to do before they hit the beach. Before they hit the beach, and then they would go meet meet go to the Fratelli's restaurant. That sounds like a cut scene that they threw back in to get people to watch TV. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there's a scene in Dune, in the original Dune, which is like a longer scene of them with the, the sandworms. It's, it's crazy. Would it's, you say that scene is more vast? It's vast. Vast. Oh, my God. So, all right, ratings. I'm, all right, hold on. Hold on. But, but here's Whoa, no, no. I have all these thoughts. Wait a second, guys. <laughs> I've got all these thoughts. All right, well, go through them. I want to hear them. If they're I good. Couple, okay. Have a couple, oh, if they're good. Well, let me get this curated list. Hold on. <laughs> Let's look at, we're already hitting quite a bit. Let's talk about. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got a couple. Okay, first of all. And then uh, I, got, I got through it. Hold on, man. Bro. Uh, thing, let him power through. Here we go. Power through it. Uh, seeing Han in a carbonite in the carbonite used to freak the hell out of me when I was little. I don't know why. That scene scared me, seeing him like trapped in that with in the scream. That's what it was. His face looked like it was screaming to me, and that always bothered me. Uh, the speeder bike thing. Uh, when I saw that part in the forest, I don't know if you remember that Bebel. There was always the arcade game that had yes. that. When remember, we would, I, when we would I, watch, we, there was an arcade of that in yes. Tilt back Derek when we lived in Houston. No. no, he wasn't born yet. Um, born. No, literally he wasn't. He, he was. I was like six or five. I remember. So we would, we would, when we go to Tilt, I forget what mall was that. Town and Country Mall. No, Tilt was a uh, Memorial. Memorial Mall. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah. in Houston, Memorial, he knows Memorial Mall, dude. Okay, well, uh, the speeder bike scene, and I looked it up to find out. I'm like, oh man, I didn't know this. That was actually the Return of the Jedi arcade adaptation, 
And after this beater bike student, which I never, ever saw anyone beat, which the game has not aged well, by the way, but you should watch this YouTube video of it. There was actually a whole scene of the, the of the Millennium Falcon escaping from a Death Star. I never knew that existed because nobody ever got that far in the arcade because you would crash because you know how arcade games are made where like they they want you to pump as many cores as you can into it so they yeah. make it almost impossible. Yeah. So you, you when you watch a speeder bike game, like it's hard to navigate that. You basically you have to memorize it, which means you have to spend a lot of money to memorize it. No one ever. I never saw it. I never saw that Millennium Falcon like level of you escaping oh. from Death Star 2. Apparently it existed. I never even knew that was there. I was moving up with a oh. skater bike. Nope. Watch it. And actually watch the video because then you hear that the kind of really bad attempts at the digitized voice of lines from the movie, which some of the lines are not exactly right. But anyway. Um, yeah, I have a feeling about this. Yeah. Oh, I'm dipping around now. Salacious Crumb, that little, little jester. When he's re- when he's reclining in Jabba's folds, that was delicious. <laughs> Gross. All right, next. So delicious. Um, all right, yeah, Boba. We're not like a punk. Like I hope they address that somehow because because he Boba did. Fett. Boba Fett, where? And he gets hit in the back by the random shot that Han was going for someone else and didn't see him there and got him. I'm like, oh my God. His, his blaster, which is controlled in his glove, okay? He hits him in the back and it... <laughs> blind, a blind Han. It's not like he can even see. He can't even see yeah. anything. No, I was like, okay, please address that because he went on like a punk. Like, he really did. Like, my God. Anyway. I, I, I want to address how there, how Bubble Fett has a bullet hole in his cod piece. I really want to know. No interruption. <laughs> Yeah, no interrupting. Um, oh, a lot of um, a lot of the emperor talking about how this is all as I have, for, have, have foreseen. I have foreseen. Do it, but but to me that actually makes me think of actually the new movies, the sequel films, because the emperor in those movies, when you see the last one, he basically has been playing. And I talked about this once a long time ago, and I went to this long conversation, and a buddy of mine convinced me of his home theory. He kind of came up with with it. The Emperor has been playing a long game here since episode one. And so when I see him talk about foreseen, 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 obviously it must be some kind of retconning or whatever. But I think it's really cool how it's sort of like, oh, no, no, no. I have foreseen that Luke is going to go whatever way he goes. I have foreseen I'm going to be dropped in the middle of that reactor because the end game is that girl. It's going to show Dude, up later. Here's Okay, case in point. Do you remember... Watching this movie since, of course, it's a special edition. I'm rolling right through it, buddy. I don't even hear you right now. Me right now. There's a scene with Vader no. talking to the Emperor, and there's like these two random dudes talking to him. Oh yeah, he, see, are those from the, the that Sith cult from Exegol or whatever? Yeah, I say yes. Why not? I say yes. I was like, I was like, these guys have never. Now that we've seen Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, where are these fucking guys from? They're in the. There are two of those hooded figures, I guess, in the crowd. Or are they part of that weird, uh, that weird? Oh God, the, the the those those dudes that the these the, the the what are they called? Oh my God, from episode one, two, and three, those those dudes. Um, oh. the Trade Federation. Yes. No, they're not. Ew. They look like them, dude. They look like no. The the the, the, the Sith Lord. Well, and 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 Sidious travels around. I mean, he travels no, around with his other henchmen from the Senate during episode one, two, and three. So it could have been those guys too. Goody, please continue. Uh, moving on. Um, Yoda really went down in a year. Like he went really downhill really fast, but that's fine. That happens to people. I get it. I get it. Um, 
what else do I have here? Oh, I saw Wicket. When I saw Wicket, I'm like, oh, a young Warwick Davis. How cute. Um, he was, oh. he, was like, he was like 18, wasn't he? Like 20. 18 years old? 20 years old. Yeah. Young Warwick Davis. Yes. Data, data, data. I love Willow. Um, oh, another thing. For a protocol droid, 3PO is really, really unsure about every language he runs into in this movie. Like, I'm floating over 6 million, blah, blah, blah. No, apparently the ones they oh, yeah. need, you know nothing about. <laughs> like, he doesn't know. The, I mean, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I think Rico, he's, he's, you're one, he's, you have one purpose in your entire existence in your programming. You're a protocol droid. You can't do that job. 3PO, all he is, is a, is a very expensive, like, old-timey radio. That's all he is. Old timey radio guy with the special effects. That's what he is. He's the radio show. Which I, I actually I watched it with subtitles. I watch everything with subtitles now because I do. Um, it made me think of how like when I would read the old uh, novels when they would say three PO, it was in the novels they say three PO. It, it's not like in, in the subtitles they say three P O and R two is literally R and a two, but in the old novels if you read them. It was 3PO, T-H-R-E-E-P-I-O, and R2 was A-R-T-O-O, which so, I was yeah. kind of cool. I thought that was weird, too, because there were parts – I watch all the movies in subtitles as well. And there were parts in the movies where they would say R2, A-R-T-O-O, or something like that. In the subtitles, it's spelt that way. But then two seconds later, it's R, like the letter R and the number two. And I'm like – Make up your fucking mind, people. Hootie, continue, please. Well, and I, I wondered about that. It was kind of interesting. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, the Leia. The, the moment that Leia finds out that she and Luke are twins really had to be retconned because they made out in that one. In um, in made out. It was a it was a deep kiss, but it didn't have any tongue. Super. I'm just, I'm just saying there was the one scene off shot off camera where Han goes. Uh, by the way. Uh, Freud, Freud would have a field day with this series. You have like a shiver, anyway. Uh, I mean, all of a sudden it's like, can you, can you, can you be any more like? Uh. Well, anyway, um, and again uh, later on, the Emperor goes as I planned. Maybe Rise of Skywalker. I'm, I'm, I'm shades of that red conning, obviously. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, when Luke gets aggressive with his lightsaber duel, when he about to when he cuts off um Vader's hand, when Luke gets aggressive, he gets aggressive. I was like, whoa, He's beating the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm like, oh my god. I haven't seen someone beat up on Darth Vader since I beat up on him in Force Unleashed when I went for the oh. bad ending and I killed oh, him. when I killed Darth and became the new Sith apprentice. Anyway, uh oh, see, your uh, story so was different. Yeah, Thank was. You. I went that way. I'm like, no. Screw this black armor robot man. I took over. Um, Thank you, Sam Witwer. Um, I love Sam Witwer. And I actually love the Force Unleashed games. Too bad that's not Legends. Uh, oh, yeah. Everything about this is so much dramatic irony in all this stuff because you know what's going to happen in the Rise of Skywalker and how, like, this apparently this new government, they're excited about that in the big celebration scene, and it all goes to shit really fast. Like, they don't, they can't finish their job and kill the Empire. I don't know, man. These guys, they, they, they suck. They, 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 look, the, the whole, Why do the, the good guys suck at being a government? Because they, because they don't know how to be a government. They just know how to fight against the bad guy. They don't know how to be a government. Obviously. Ugh. And you know I'll, what? Let me end this with controversy. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> oh, shit. In my with you know what? I'm good with young Anakin at the end. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually happy with it. I looked at it. I'm like, you know what? I'm good with this. I'm happy with this. 
Young Anakin is the shit. I'm good with it. I, I came to terms with it. I'm like, oh, because you know what? I saw some of the newest special edition and I almost bought into the whole sheeple thing of like being a purist. And then I watched it. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm good with that. I bought into I mean, they went back to his force goes being to what he was when he was part of the light. And yeah, so I'm okay with that. You know what? I'm good. I saw young Anakin. And I'm like, I am at peace with this. I'm happy with this. I'm good. Yeah. He's not, he's not a slaymo. Okay. I don't, whatever. All right. He's not a piece of bantha poodoo. Those are my condensed form curated list of thoughts. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Again, but but my most important thought, I want sexy flirty boba back. Oh (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. And you know what? It's, it's very, it's, it's, he'll come back because he's wearing those black robes now. He's like, yeah. So what if if the book of Boba is actually the Boba we saw in Mandalorian telling childhood stories of when he got started? I think okay, so here's here's my opinion. My oh. opinion, the Book of Boba. I think the first couple episodes is probably going to be an anthology portion of the series where you're going to find out about how he got out of the Sarlacc, what's happened, and then it's going to get to the point when he's there. You're going to find out, okay, why is he doing this? What's the point of him taking over the huts? Well, well here, and here's the thing: he didn't take over the huts. He took over one hut. But here's the thing: yeah, but so, Java was a huts. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: a lot of huts. Jabba dies. Bib Fortuna takes over. The Huts did not go, who's this weird tentacle guy? No, get him out of here. They left him there. They left yeah. them continue running the operation, I, I assume. To the ground. Well, they, yeah. Well, here's the thing. And yet, he's still there when Bobo shows up. So it's like, clearly, either the Huts have like fallen apart in five years, although I don't buy that because they're a huge criminal organization, or he did well enough where they're like, whatever, let him keep going there. And then when Bobo takes over... I wonder if the Huts are like, wait a second. Now this guy's taking over. It's this is a what do they call it? This is a wild card. I wonder if part of it's going to be him dealing with the Huts going. No, no, this is <laughs> tat- things have gotten a little crazy in Tatooine. We're we're trying to take it back, and he's going to be like negative, sir, or negative. Sir. I, I can't I can't pick his accent. I'm not going to do that. But you know what I mean? Like I, they, the fact that the Bib Fortuna exists and stay in that position um, for so long says he must have been doing something right because I feel like those guys wouldn't have tolerated it if it was like all that bad unless something else happened in the background with the huts that we don't know that they kind of fell apart themselves. But Jabba is just one amongst many. Because right? like you, watch, you yeah well well uh, from the way I understand it from the, the Clone Wars series, the huts are like a Oh, gosh, what is the name that they use for it whenever it's a bunch of gangs that are all tied together? A criminal syndicate? Yeah, syndicate, um, and and Jabba just runs his part of it, right? And you know the thing comes to like, and by the end of the Clone Wars, the 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 Hut clan is very diminished. There's only I think like half of them from what started, and and the fact that Jabba is dead, like there's still a bunch of other Huts. Like, did they just not care about Tatooine and his territory? That it was just like, yeah, kick it out. Who's to say the Empire didn't kill the rest of the Huts? Well, useful? they did have that part in, um, gosh, was it? It might have been the Clone Wars where Dooku, is it? No, no, it might be. It must have been Rebels. Anyway, there's a part in uh, where Dooku's trying to align, ally with the uh, ally, with the Huts, so that they can like get to and from somewhere with fuel or something or other. 
And it turns out that Jabba decides to side with the rebels because they help him out to recover his son or something like that. Um, and maybe that's why. Maybe the Empire decided, like, well, if you're not going to side with us, we're going to kill you. You know, because you the Hutt sided with the rebels. Possibly. I don't know. Are we at ratings? Is it time? We're over three hours at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is it, before editing. Before editing, yeah, it is. Three, it is uh, at three hours. So, Goody, go ahead and give you don't mind. Give us our ratings. Unless Derek, you want to bring up any other tidbits of information? I'm good. Go ahead. All right, Goody, where are you at? Um, uh, let me see. I'm thinking. Okay, so again, this movie I haven't seen it in a few years, but uh, really enjoyed it. I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm trying to watch it without. My rose tinted glasses, um, but uh, still, I'm going to give it a solid eight and a half severed Darth Vader hands. Eight and a half severed, and, and you know what? And here's why eight and a half. Because uh, growing up, and here's the thing: I think I'm going to do what you did, Derek, and watch them all again. Because growing up, this was my favorite. See what? This was my favorite Star Wars movie growing up. I loved it, and I think I'm going to have to watch all through all one through nine. Just to see for the core episodes, I'm not going to include Rogue One and and so, Solo in it. Although I love Solo, by the way, Solo is great. Solo is um, amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm going to give it eight and a half severed Darth Vader hands. All right. Oh, wait. By the way, you know what? No, forget it. Forget it. No, no, no. We're done. No, no. <laughs> Moving on. Go. Damn, I'm so damn, curious. Damn. No, no. Come on. So how many, my movie. You have to tell me what you think. Okay, so I give this movie a solid 7.5 dead Ewok attackers. Um, I mean, I it's not one of my favorite Star Wars, but it's definitely out of the not out of the Star Wars group. If I were to put it in my top 10, it's probably a good in my opinion ranks at about a 4 or 5 in the top 10. Um, like I said, my top three are, you know, Empire, Rogue One, and Last Jedi. Four, uh, for me, is probably a flip-flop. Four and five is probably a flip-flop between Rage of the Sith and Return of the Jedi, which actually, I think the the original name of Return of the Jedi was Return of the Sith, wasn't it, Goody? No, it was Revenge of the Jedi. Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Revenge of the Jedi, yeah. So I, I, it's all, it, I can never really understand I really – say which one of the two, but it's always a, between four and five. It's always going to be a flip-flop between Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. I love the movie. I've always loved the movie. There are issues with the motion picture, but I think it's a great flick, and I'll give it a good solid 7.5 dead Ewoks. Okay. I'm going to tell you why you're both wrong. And the reason okay, is... Thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate you. <laughs> okay. So all along this journey that we have had, grading movies, talking about all these movies, all of our prior episodes, I have stuck by, if it's a nine or higher, it's a film that someone needs to see. If you care about film, if you care about the history of what films and movies have done for the industry, for the technology, it's a nine or higher. That's why Jurassic Park should have been a nine or higher. Right. In the same sense, A New Hope, episode four, pioneered a ton of new technology, new avenues, new methods, all kinds of things that changed the film industry for the better. And you can't 
really enjoy all that they did with this original trilogy without having seen them all. And so I think New Hope is a very high nine somewhere in there. But Return of the Jedi is, it's not a New Hope. And it is absolutely still a nine though, because you have to have seen it. And so I don't think it's as good as a New Hope or Empire, but it's still a nine, a nine even. And that's why you're both way fucking. <laughs> you know, um, okay. I agree. I, got <laughs> I guess agree to disagree. And I, you know what? You know what? I picked eight and a half because I'm like, I don't want to be so fanboy. I don't know why I'm like that. I don't know why I feel like I, I had to like defend myself. Give it a 10, Goody. I'm giving it a 10. I did it. I did it. I gave it a 10. I gave it a 10. <laughs> I want five Vaders lined up. I'm going to cut off all of their hands. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this movie, Derek. And this is just a little a little bit of a, of a window into me and Goody's existence as brothers. When we were kids, Goody would, we watched the movie in the theaters. We actually did. Goody and I watched this movie in the most. I can't movie. believe I watched this in the theaters because I was like. It, though. it really came out in what, 83? Yes. I'm not going to be there when I'm two years old, bro. Well, we watched in the theaters because here's the thing. When I was four years old, my brother was two years old. And I remember specifically the conversation that I had with Goody where he told me, and we were kids. and we're, I'm four years old. Goody's two. He's telling me that he's having a dream of him riding speeder bikes through the forest. Do you remember this, Goody? Yes, I remember actually Star Wars dreams that I do remember when I was little. Like, And this was in – and this was in – and I know this happened. Force Visions. Because the house that we were living in, when he told me this, I was literally four years old. You know, this was in Chimney Rock in Houston. This was the house that we lived in, Chimney Rock in Houston, near Westheimer, Derek, just to give you an understanding. I know where Chimney Rock is, dipshit. Fuck you, bro. I don't. I I have no recollection. I mean, I know the names, but where it is in the city. But either way, this is the conversation that we had when I was in preschool, and I remember it wholeheartedly. And the movie came out in 83, so... Goody was like two, three years old when this movie came, when we saw this movie and he had these dreams, which is hilarious. So, yes, Goody's going to give it a 10 and he should give it a 10 because it's his favorite fucking Star Wars movie. I mean, it's the movie he loves. He Although, loves the movie. I will tell you, I will say, because, you know, you had this idea that you want to you want to rewatch the movies and, and to, I don't know, probably just to get a refresh. If you wanted to amend your score, you know, whenever you get to that, you watch them all. I would accept something as low as an eight and a half. Eight and a half is fair. I I, I think it's fair. But uh, if you're south of an eight, then you can just get the fuck out. Like I'm done. That's it. Dude, I'm south of an eight. We're done here. Five. I'll right. go with a five because I'm actually a realist, and you guys are a bunch of pansies. Is it now the time? It is time, Goody, for you to present. No, top shelf. Oh, top shelf, top shelf, top shelf. Uh, I'll go with mine first. Yeah, because I don't uh, even have mine ready. Go ahead. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I'm disappointed in you, Derek. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and go forward. I'm going to go a little bit of old school because I've started rewatching this recently. And uh, Goody's going to jump out of his chair when, he, when I tell him what I'm rewatching. But I have actually on Netflix begun to rewatch the entire series of <gasps> Stargate SG1. Oh, dude. Good is literally creaming in his shorts right now. He's tweaky, tweaky my nipples. <laughs> I mean, 
the world build the amount of world building that I've experienced in the past season and a half because I'm literally only halfway through the second season. There's okay? like ten seasons, bro. There are ten seasons, seven of which were on Showtime. The last three were on Sci-Fi. So I'm like super happy of what I'm experiencing at this moment. There's 213 episodes of the show, and I'm so happy I'm experiencing the show in its fullest effect. Because we, I got pieces of it because we didn't have Showtime. But the last three seasons of Sci-Fi were so great. I'm like, God, I wish I could see the first seven. And now that it's all on Netflix, it's like enjoy. Just sit back and enjoy the greatness that is the Stargate universe. That's all. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. I deeply want to watch the Stargate universe, but I'm a little bit afraid. Like it's kind of daunting because there are so many series and I don't, I don't know enough about it to know this which one's three. good or bad. Or... just three series. Honestly. There's okay. Three. So I understand. <laughs> Sorry. I understand where you're coming from. There's the Stargate movie. Okay. Yeah. And there's Stargate SG-1, then there's Stargate Atlantis, and then there's Stargate Universe. For you, Derek, I would say just deal with Stargate. Watch all of it. No, watch all of it. Watch all of it. Stargate Universe actually is probably the best series of the three. Stargate Atlantis is eh, a little bit cheesy, but it does have a Jason Momoa in it. He is in the show. How does that it stack against like Star Trek, though? Uh, they're way different. They're very different. It's so different. No, I mean quality. And, like, how good is it? Like, if you only got to pick one, would you say that Star Trek was it? I mean, in terms of, what do you mean by quality? I mean... Like, general joy. How good was it? Did you like it more or less? One better than the other? It's so different because the world building, the world as aspect of Stargate deals with more of the aspect of the the Gould. It doesn't really have as much here, social here, commentary. Here's what I'll tell you. Actually, here's what I'll tell you. It, does, it, have, it doesn't have as much social commentary as Star Trek. Not not as much. And also, in Stargate, like, we are, humans are the constant underdogs for as much of it because of the fact that we are now going out into the universe using these gates and traveling around. Whereas in Star Trek, it's the Federation. It's already in place. Except for Star Trek Enterprise, Mm-hmm. Uh, humans aren't quote unquote the underdogs because they're in a whole federation with other alien life forms and they're all sharing technology all have the same technology mm-hmm. whereas in this one humans are going out into the universe and they're running into cultures that some are very quote unquote primitive compared to them and some are super advanced and you know and it's a crapshoot because they're like gates that have not been opened and have not people have not been traveled through some some for thousands of years. Yeah. Or sometimes – and, and it's cool because you run into like other human cultures that were like transported there centuries ago and or developed on their own. Or you're dealing I mean, with um, – or you're dealing with rampant viruses. Or sometimes they run into – into the, there's one human civilization they run into which looks like human civilization about the 1940s, 1950s. Like it's like atomic level t- technology. You know? And then there was – so that I saw that I saw this past week was it was way advanced. It was about as I say, and as far as advanced, it was it looked very similar to. I, well, I mean, granted, the show came in the nineties, but if you're talking about like late twentieth century, early twenty first century technology, but no one existed because the thing was is that a, a an insect 
stung people and they became literally pods and be, and grew 10 to 20 of these other insects and just infected the world. And that's all that was left was these big ass fucking dragonflies. I've had this, I guess my perce- cause I've never seen an episode of Stargate. I, I have seen, you know, the commercials, I, my, my family watched it when I was growing up. So I, I would see it on TV, but I never paid attention. And my perception is if, uh, you cross the concept of of sliders with firefly. That's that's what I that's what I think of it as as of this point. Like, so I, I don't know much about it. I know that they're kind of military type guys that are going through this, but yeah, they're all air force. They're all air force. Yeah, I mean, I I understand the aspect of sliders in the sense that they're fl- they're kind of going through different highways and byways of the universe. Right. But really, as th- that's the only aspect of sliders. Yeah, that they're going through portals. They're going through wormholes. They're the mini wormholes is what they yeah, are. Yeah. Which you know, and, in and, sliders and, or in Stargate? Yes. Both. Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. But whereas they, Stargate, they're wormholes, as in like tra- they're highways, tra- transporting through space. Whereas Slayers, remember, was parallel universes. Yeah. Yeah, and so so with Stargate, they literally just went through, like, it's, it's essentially a transportation system that was built. Within the same Slyders, universe. Within the same universe, where, where Sliders was just uh, a fluke that they were able to open up doorways into parallel universes. Yeah, and in Stargate, it's, like, all in the Milky Way galaxy. So it's, like, yeah. within the Milky Way galaxy. Whereas when you watch Stargate Atlantis, that was their thing, was that they went to the Pegasus galaxy. Which was, like, was the first time they transfer they used the Stargate to transfer and then to another Stargate, galaxy. Stargate Universe, they went outside the galaxy again to a, a portion of the galaxy outside the galaxy they've never been before. Yeah. So it was you know, I mean I would say if you're you know, not to go so crazy into it, watch the movie, watch SG one, which is on Netflix now. They have all the episodes on Netflix. And the thing is is it's so funny because that they have SG one listed as TVMA, but the only aspect of TVMA of that show is literally the first episode because the first episode shows mad nudity for some reason. I mean, it's crazy. So that's probably the one episode that's not on TV anymore. <laughs> no, it's actually on. If you, it's it's actually they showed the original version of what they called Children of the Gods, which was the pilot episode. It's a two-hour pilot episode that they showed crazy amounts of nudity for what they did and they've never done anything past that point that's it it's it's never like that again yeah but for some reason because that first episode the entire series is considered tvma yeah but the first episode and all the first seven seasons were on showtime where they could do that it showed it showed tits and muff that's what it showed so but but even the rest of the series that was then also on showtime never does it again never does it again goody is there enough lore in Stargate to like pull me in the same way Star Trek did or Star Wars did? I think so. I think so. Well, I do you like history at all? Sure, absolutely. Because what's cool about that show is that if you like history, it does pull you in because you start seeing how essentially the way they the kind of like what they've done with that show is that almost every culture on earth is is because of a particular, and then you get into the, the races, the gold that went to that group of humans and kind of presented themselves a certain way. Sometimes, they, because they go old, when they, because like they're parasites, they go into your body, they imbue you with certain abilities. And because they're an advanced alien race, they look like gods. So they would take on 
the persona of the god of a god of that culture are you saying that the reason that like one culture came up with samurais where another one came up with knights was because this alien presented themselves that way i'm saying why one culture came up with Ra and horus and set and 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 another culture came up with chronos yeah with odin and like these are all like alien races that came to earth for whatever reason it's aliens and they kind of did their own thing and like but you see it like there's gonna be there's one episode which you get to which i don't know if people's gotten to that point where it's like a bunch of the gold get together and they never get together because they all they all despise each other and they don't trust each other they're like a very fractured race but like they come in and one is chronos and he looks like a roman guy and he has his whole look but then one guy is um uh, an egyptian one and yeah. one guy you run into is set, and then another guy you run into a guy that was Baal, and he was the Baal of the ancient world. But he, yeah, but he showed up, and that's, that was his gold, his racist name for him. But he took yeah. on that persona as a god. And then you have the Tokra, which are resistance, and then you yeah, have, yeah, you have this whole thing. So it's yeah, it's it's, cool. it's it's worth it, dude. It's cool. There's a lot of world. There's, there is a lot of lore in this, and what's great about it is that when when they show up, it's like a crapshoot. They show up, they cross the portal, like oh, we have this whole new bunch of what they call Stargate addresses. They punch them into the computer over the Stargate. They have no idea what they're going to find on the other side. And they just roll in and then they have to deal with it. Cause usually it's like roll in, something happens. They can't get out fast enough. And now they have to deal with that, that problem of how do we escape from this planet, which is a complete shit show. And we had no idea what we were walking into. So your top shelf is, is SG one then, or SG one is my top shelf. And so, so let's go with that. Goody, what's your top shelf, if you don't mind? My top shelf is a game I've been playing. Uh, it is a game that I think is, well, it's a game called uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Uh, new game new game came out. Um, it's basically what, you, what Ubisoft has done in this game is they've gotten Ubisoft tropes. And then they looked at uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And when you play that game, you notice it. And they're like, okay, what worked in Breath of the Wild? What didn't? And they, you could say, stole or appropriated or homaged, whatever. And it's like a combination of Ubisoft world building and some Ubisoft mechanics with a lot of the mechanics of Breath of the Wild with all the ones that infuriated people. And it's also really funny. Like that <laughs> game is really funny because <laughs> the the gods have basically this this god, this this being with the Titans, this evil being called Typhon has taken over and like he's trapped Ares and Athena, it's all Greek mythology stuff, but the game is is put forth as a story that Prometheus is telling Zeus because Zeus is like, all right, I got to find someone that can help us out. And then Prometheus is like, I have this hero you could use, but he's a shield bearer. He's a nobody. And Zeus is like, a nobody? Well, no, we we, we need someone that can... It, it's, it's really funny. And it's great is that like as you experience the game and go to new areas or like unlock parts of mythology of the game the voiceover kicks in while you're still playing where it's like Prometheus saying something and it's usually something really poetic and really beautiful and thought provoking. And then Zeus takes a dump all over it. And it's like, <laughs> there's one, there's one part where it's like, he goes, Prometheus goes, and then Phoenix uh, sensing the danger realized that he had to gather everything from within his soul to battle the beat. And then you hear Zeus go boring, get to the fight. <laughs> I love that stuff like it's it's that kind of stuff all throughout the game, and a lot of it actually is is pretty uh lol worthy 
So, uh, and it's got a lot of the stuff from Breath of the Wild. If you play Breath of the Wild, if you play that game, you're going to pick up on it yeah. right away. A lot of the same stuff. So, I saw some. I saw some of the clips and some of the pictures. I was like, "That looks very similar to Breath of the Wild." Yes. Yes. What's it called? It's called Immortals Phoenix Rising. Immortals Phoenix. It, it just came out like very recently. Like, yeah, it, it came out in December. I'm yeah, good. Sure. Yeah, good deal. It's brand, It's on. It's on Switch, dude. You can buy it on Switch. It's on Switch. It's PS4, PS5. I mean, all that stuff. It's, it's out there. Derek, what you got going on, buddy? Okay, um, so I have a really solid pick, and I want to go into it, but I have to mention, um, I think it was last time, last yeah, last episode, I my top shelf was Akudama Drive. It was the one I mentioned where you know you got a bunch of criminals that kind of get roped into doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they made they did. I think it was ten or 12, probably twelve episodes, and uh, I, I, the last episode came out, and they canceled the show. So uh, I watched the 12th episode and the 12th episode nullifies the rest of it. Don't watch that show. It's fucking garbage. I hated it. It made the rest of that show just terrible. They quite literally, and not to touch on recent topics in, in the world and America in politics, but they quite literally rally you behind the criminals to turn all of the people against the government and slaughter them all. All of the police get slaughtered. Everyone in on the on that you would think is good that runs the government that runs the police gets killed. It is a terrible, terrible show. It doesn't even justify the arc; like it just nullifies it all because it has the worst ending ever. So don't watch that show. Or if you're going to watch it, leave out the last two episodes. Although I will, I will have to say that is very as a very uh, I guess you could say '90s uh, European ending for a motion picture oh, yeah turn against the government blah 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 and I, i'm not i'm not saying that you know like because we just got done talking about like star wars right you get the rebels against the the government blah 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 and they paint it differently in that story but yeah don't watch akudama drive and if you're going to just the first 10 episodes don't even touch the last two so my top shelf pick this week hopefully i don't fuck up this time um it's uh have you guys ever heard of a, an isekai show do you guys know what that is no. Okay. How about a harem show? Well, I know the word harem means. I know what that exactly. Okay. So there's a thing in anime called isekai, and there's a thing in anime that's very obviously called a harem um, for obvious reasons. And um, it, it is, is not where the, the hero has a bunch of girls that are after him or something like that. That's Should usually we? the concept. Yeah. That's yeah. Usually- okay. Uh, I didn't know the name for it, but yes, I've heard of that. I've seen that, that genre of show. We've seen that type of aspect of the show, but I didn't know it was called a harem show. So, so they have these um, in the same way that you could describe a movie as a medieval movie. You could describe this anime as an isekai harem. Essentially, what happens in an isekai? It's a character that's in the normal world that we all identify with, and from some turn of events, he gets transported to another world, another realm, another universe, and you know, naturally. You know, he's, I, I don't, I didn't know this thing was existed where I'm from. We don't have beasts and magic and blah, 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 blah. Bubblegum crisis. You're, you're talking about bubblegum. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Bubblegum crisis is kind of a close, not really, not even close. Anyway, moving on. Um, so it's an isekai harem. This kid uh, is a, a gamer. He just plays video games all day long. He doesn't talk to people. He never even leaves his house. And he steps outside of his house. He leaves at like 4 a.m. He goes to get a game, you know, in, in, in town. He has to, like, ride a bus into town. And on his way back, before he even gets to turn on the game, on his way home, he tries to save a girl because he notices that she's about to get run over by a truck. And he jumps in front, pushes her out of the way, saves her life, and he dies. 
Okay. Now this is how it starts. And it turns out that everyone makes fun of him because he's an idiot. And he jumped in front of a five mile an hour tractor that he didn't realize it wasn't a car. He died for no reason because he didn't even get hit. He died because he was in shock. Um, and so he saves quote unquote, a girl and dies. And when you die in this, this storyline, you're given a choice to go on to heaven or go into this other world where they need you to build your skill level, much like a video game and beat the bad guy who is trying to dominate the world. And he gets there and he's like, well, I, I play video games all day long. This is my jam. I am all about it. And he gets there and he has to form a group of people, you know, like you need your, your mage and you need your, your goddess and you need your healer and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, he's, he gets this ragtag team of women who are just, they have like one thing that they are just the most badass at, but they can't do the simplest of things. And so they quite literally are just... Yeah, there's a lot of boobs and butts, yeah. Um, yeah. And so they, they're helpful in some ways and totally not helpful in other ways. And it's very comedic, very hysterical. Um, so Konosuba, I've given you the intro. Go and check it out. You can watch it on HBO Max and Crunchyroll. And it's good. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm only eight episodes in. What is it? What's it called again? Konosuba. K-O-N-O. They don't have like a English yeah. subtitle for it or anything? Uh, no, that's it. that's his name. Okay. Well, the the whole name of the show is Konosuba, God's blessing on this wonderful. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, okay. yeah. check it out. It's it's pretty good show. HBO Max, Crunchyroll right now, and I'm enjoying it. It's very very funny. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we'll check it out. I mean, it's, it's an Isekai kind of harem. So, and it's funny because I'm not I'm not normally into harems, but uh, they just have it's just a ragtag team, and they're so just hysterical. And he has no interest in these girls, but they are fawning over him like crazy. And you know, he's just like, "Can you just go away? I would really love to just have a good team that I could win this and and become king. And you guys are not helping me, but you won't go away, kind of thing." I like it. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, right. Right. good, 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 good pull. That's a good, that's a good one, dude. I have to check it out, man. All right. Well, uh, now it comes to the uh, fantastic portion of our episode. Uh, we are going to be discussing or revealing, as they say, revealing the next episode of Movies and the Rocks. So, Goody uh, and Goody, the choice now comes to Goody. What is your choice for the next episode of our series, Goody? The uh, well, because we're looking at the next episode, it's going to be the letter S for scintillating. Um, it's going to be the film Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh man, man, I like it. I like it. I don't know. It's uh, directed by Colin Trevorrow, he, I think it was a 2012. Um, and if you don't know who that is, he's one of the director of Jurassic World. And he also helped to co-write uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I mean, he's really big into that. He actually was supposed to originally direct episode nine. And he was going to be, and it was going to, originally when he was going to direct, it was going to be called uh, Duel of the Fates. Um, but then that kind of fell through and all of that. Um, so, yeah, like, I think 
yeah, so College of Burrow, Safety Not Guaranteed. It's a movie, actually, uh, to be honest, I've never seen it, but I heard about it. I know the kind of the background for it and where that, how it came about. And it's a movie that I really, really wanted to check out myself. So, like, I figured, why not for this? So, um, is it good? I don't know. It's an interesting concept. Um, but, I don't know. Hopefully it turns out all right. We'll see how it goes. I, I I feel like I heard about this and then quickly just didn't follow up on it. And uh, I'm down. This is cool. Yeah, I know. I, it's going to be really good. I, I mean, I hope so. I mean, just the idea of how I, I came about with a whole like real life classified ad, um, I think is going to be something that's going to be really interesting. And um, you can watch it here's on hoping. Netflix, uh, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Fandango, Voodoo. It's all over. So. Dude, that's 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 a that's a good pull, dude. I mean, I would have never expected that one, Goody. Yes, good job, Goody. Goody's going like, wait, I'm so proud of you, Goody. Super proud, super proud. Yes. My proud level is super high. Yeah. So yeah, a little indie film for us. Yeah, for real. For number sure. for letter S. What's that? Isn't is it like the? There's like a there's like some brothers in the movie. What are they called? Oh fuck, what are they called? The Hammer the Brothers. No, the Duplass brothers are in this movie. Yeah. Mark Duplass. Yeah, he's in this movie. So, yeah. All right, cool, man. That's a good pick. All right, so uh, we'll be uh, – go ahead and discuss that motion picture in the next episode. So I hope you guys, uh, you know, check it out and, you know, you know watch the movie before we see it. But uh, as always, you know, we wanted to go ahead and, uh, you know, with every episode, we finish off with a, motion, uh, a phrase from the movie – and for for this motion picture, I don't think there's any other phrase. I mean, wait, wait, you wait. Guys I really hope that you're going to say what I think you're gonna, you need to say. I don't know, because there's so many good ones in this movie. But the phrase that I think when it comes to Return of the Jedi is so, you know, revolutionary and... Just do it. Amazing do it. would be... That was the quote we needed. No, is... Um, is it's said by the great Bib Fortuna. Oh, God. Spit it out. Dear God. It's Noanawanga. Oh, whatever. Moving on. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, as always, enjoy it. See you later. Bye. Bye.